Ladies and gentlemen, I am ready. Go ahead. You're listening to Autoglim 10 Top Tuesday for fans of everything with a roof. My name's Alan Gow, and 10 Top Tuesday is the greatest load of b- over the internet. Unless I'm very much mistaken, it's Tuesday. And it's Tin Tops. It must be Tin Top Tuesday. feels like so long since we did this it feels like ages how long is it is it four weeks i know about a quarter of an hour ago i thought i wonder if i remember what i have to do do i know which knob to press and and which which button to pull and all that kind of thing i think i'm all right i think i've got a handle on it yep i think i'm there Uh, guess who's on the show tonight um as loyal listeners of uh, Autoglim Tin Top Tuesday will know um, uh, and, and refer to him, uh, Lord Gow, or uh, Sir Alan of Gow, or Lord Alan of Gow, whoever, the BTCC boss, the boss of the Quick Fit British Touring Car Championship, is on the show tonight and he's answering your questions. And when I asked on um, social media last night uh, if anybody had a question for I didn't expect to have quite the ream of paper that I have for him. So we're going to crack on uh, tonight. We're going, to, we're going to get Alan on first and we'll probably have, I reckon we've got about half an hour of this, half an hour with uh, Lord Gow, Lord Alan of Gow, or any other phrase that you'd like to refer to the boss of the BTCC as. Who else have we got on tonight? We're edging closer, aren't we? We're getting ever closer what month is it? June. That's right, 16th of June. So it's Series 12B. We've been through all that. There's no number between 12 and 14. Um, uh, series 12B, Episode 7? It's Episode 7, isn't it? Goodness me. Where's the year gone? We haven't turned a wheel yet. We're going to get a championship done by the end of this year. We're going to have a champion as well. And we edge ever closer, everyone. We are getting closer. So therefore, you've got lots of questions, and not surprisingly, not surprisingly, you've got lots of questions for Alan Gow. Well, he's going to answer them tonight. Who's been busy? Which team's been busy? Um, the Red Devils have. Um, uh, David Bartram's team, Motorbase Performance, have been out testing. They've been busy over the winter, making three brand new Ford Focus. Um, so, fingers crossed, technology permitting... Uh, David Bartram will be joining us tonight, the boss of Motorbase Performance. Tingram, of course, on his latest escapades in sim racing globally, worldwide. It's, got, it's, it's a great story. If you followed it here on Autoglim Tintop Tuesday, um, the story of Ting and sim racing and getting ready for the season has been a brilliant story. And, and we'll uncover all that around about nine o'clock tonight. David Addison. ITV's David Addison has got things to tell us this evening. Of course, he hosts our, our sister podcast, if you like, because uh, I, I sit and do the technicals and he and Matt James do do the talking on the Lamb and Flag. He'll be talking Lamb and Flag and other things as well. There's something new to be t- talked about with uh, D8 and uh, Adders will be up at around about uh, 9.30 this evening. And... I'm so excited about this. Um, one of the 
one of the mega things about doing these uh, shows during the sort of inverted commas lockdown period and beyond because we're not really sort of lockdown period now are we people are going back to work and people are going to shops and doing all that kind of stuff but strictly speaking we're still in a lockdown period where we are encouraged to be at home if we possibly can be um but one of the great things about the shows that we've been doing during this period is that i've been able to be a little bit indulgent in that i can um uh, get some people on the show that we wouldn't normally get when we're not bothering racing drivers every week to get an update of uh, of of how frustrated they are that they're not driving yet um we'll speak to drivers soon enough but it's allowed me to to delve into the memories of the btcc and i am delighted to say um for those of you that followed the btcc in the 1990s and into the 2000s will remember him as a driver and also an ace commentator on bbc's coverage latterly um a commentator on BBC for MotoGP and World Superbikes as well. Charlie Cox is going to join us tonight, king of the one-liners, and we'll have him here on Autoglim Top Tuesday. So that's me being a bit indulgent. Haven't spoken to him for yonks and out of the blue. I said, would you come on my show? Yes, he said, of course I can. And uh, we'll have a chat to Charlie this evening. So it's a packed show, and without dither or delay, uh, we need to crack on because uh, uh, Lord Gow is going to join us here on Autoglim Top Tuesday. In the meantime, let me remind you how to get hold of us on Twitter, at Tintop Tuesday. And if you want to email us, all you need to do is email studio at tintoptuesday.com. Studio at tintoptuesday.com, which many of you did uh, very early on, uh, well, late last night, early this morning. Uh, Dave always writes to us. Evening, Dave. Um... He says, good evening, Mr. Hyde, uh, Northern Jeff here. Beautiful, beautiful Alton Park. Of course, we were meant to be at Alton Park, but we weren't at Alton Park. So we had the race day with a difference and uh, a historic moment to sign off with race one. This is uh, Dave's review of race day with a difference, which, a difference, which has been a, a brilliant series during lockdown. Race one saw Aaron Smith with a lights to flag victory in a race that started wet and finished bone dry. Race two saw a great battle between teammates Andrew Jordan and uh, genuine uh, Jeff Smith with AJ getting the win after Jeff spun out. And then on to race three, one of the most iconic moments in the BTCC history. I, I'm not sure everyone will agree with you, Dave, but uh, I, I know what you mean. As the Hondas did uh, a Red Bull or the other way around, can't remember which was first, after Tim Harvey's words, well, at least Shedden has his teammate behind to protect him. We all know what happened then. Yeah, they sort of prost centred, didn't they? I'm older than you, Dave. Um, as much as we all want to get real racing going as quickly as possible, I'm going to miss the race day with a difference. A great idea that would be, would be a welcome event during the off-season. Much love from Northern Jeff. Thank you, Dave. As ever, keep your emails coming in. Great to have the regular listeners like Dave uh, always writes in and always writes a, a, a very good review of uh, what's happened at the weekend. If it's racing, real racing, he does it on that. Or if it's race day with a difference, he does that as well. What do we need to do now? We need to get Lord Gow on, I think. I think that's what's coming next. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. Off from my city, off from my home. 
We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off of it. Moving so phenomenally. Come on, like the way we rock it. So don't stop. does clear them but it does Claire says are your feet tapping yes they are it puts me in the mood this song just makes me makes me want to smile makes me want to be happy that's exactly the mood that we're in because the championship is edging nearer and nearer Lord Gow Lord Allen of Gowshire good evening how are we I just realised that we've been we're being listened to by a very good friend of mine and someone that you know quite well as well. Am I in his fan club? Yeah. Am I? Yeah. Well, I'm one of the... To be honest, I don't know if he's got a fan club anymore. I think most of them would have died. No, he does. He does have a fan club. And I've got one of the very early serial numbers. Yeah. Mm. Mm. uh, when When I showed him my... A little card. It's a little membership card. Um, he's a radio presenter, everybody. Um, when I showed uh, this chap my membership card, he was slightly scared because <laughs> he realised what an early adopter I would have been. <laughs> so, Did you ever go to one of his shows? Yes. Did the first one. Went to the first one. And I think that's why I had to join the fan awake? club. It was fantastic. Really? It was, a- it was absolutely fantastic. And... And I think that's why I think you got a free membership of the. I'm not sure it's called a fan club. Just because you turned up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you get a ticket, you get a free membership of the of the fan club, and and I I hold it dear. It's in my, it's in my not my backup wallet, but my backup backup wallet. So Obviously. the one that never goes anywhere with me. Obviously, people don't know who we're talking about. It's just as well. <laughs> it, 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 it is just as well but I'll play a song for him after this uh, wh- is when it, we is finish. it camp? it will be, it will be yeah, if you can will, play something from a West End musical oh would he like that? Like, oh he loves West End oh music. does he really? 
Oh, incredibly so. Oh. In fact, he took me on a date one night. Did he? Did you go on a date night? Okay. We went and went and saw a West End musical. I did you? Was, which one did you watch? Um, Kinky Boots. Oh, Kinky nice. Boots. Right. And and presumably he'd been there before. He'd seen it before. I don't know. Or was it a first we, we for the both the whole, of you? We, we, we did the whole dating experience. We yeah, went yeah. to dinner first. <laughs> I, I must confess, I, I did do the same thing with, with a presenter that I worked with on Talk Sport many years ago. And he took me to a very strange restaurant. Um, where, where there was a there was a restaurant, and then there were two seats by a table, which was kind of up on a balcony, which overlooked the restaurant. And, um, Did it have candles and everything? It was it was all a bit intimate for my liking, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that reminds me of a, di- a dinner that uh, <laughs> Traff and I <laughs> went I, to when we were up at Croft one year. He sent me a message. He sent me a message. Right, this is so. I'm going to tell you his message first. Um, he's obviously well, listening. So listening. This is no, uh, doctor, no. Okay. He, he's he's listening, and he said, "Would you tell Alan I miss our candlelit dinners? It won't there be the same go. with social distancing." Tell. There you go. We, yeah, um, we, we went to. Um, oh, no, we, we were up at Croft, and we looked. We, we decided we were uh, um, bored of the local restaurants, so <laughs> there's only two of them. Um, so we we went further afield and ended up at. Uh, a Chinese restaurant called the Romantic Chinese Restaurant, and I think there's only two of us, or, or, or one other table in the restaurant. <laughs> we had a we had a we had a candle in the middle of the table. It was very romantic. Isn't that, um, lo- isn't that lovely? Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, um, <laughs> it won't be the same with social distancing, will it? That's for sure. But still, social distancing is going to it could because you know what we've done. Well, to be honest, don't forget, Traff is quite a large bloke, so. The social distancing was was easy with him. <laughs> I, 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 I am expecting, after his little health scare that he told us about here on Autoglim Tin Top Tuesday, I'm expecting an incredibly svelte size 10, um, I yeah, would imagine. You'll be, you'll be disappointed. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he, he's listened to the doctors. Um, I would imagine that he'll be, um, he'll be waif-like by the time we yep. see him. That's my thing. Uh, we've got a, you know, we've got a lot of questions um, for uh, um, a, a feature which ended up becoming slightly Alan Partridge when I gave it out last <laughs> night because um, it, it, it uh, I, I used a hashtag Ask Alan, um, mm. and as I was writing it, I thought, yeah, that is very, very Partridge, isn't it? <laughs> but I mean, uh, Partridge is a. Is a is a good thing. We don't we don't mind that. Um, we love Ellen Partridge. We've got a huge amount of questions. Um, okay, I mean, we should you should fire away because this is my specialist subject. It's like mastermind. Is it really? BTCC is my specialist subject. As long as you don't ask me anything of to do with any results or who did what when. Um, well. Okay, uh, well, uh, attention to detail. It's almost like we planned it and we didn't. (laughs) We didn't. We didn't. It was very good. Well, thank you very much. It just bubbled it underneath. There we go. Uh, Now, this is the one that kind of started it all, really. Um, And this is from Sandra Regwell. And Sandra uh, has been for many, many years, Alan, one of our our regular every-meeting racegoers, so goes to the whole season. Um, And she sent me a message last week. She said... 
Hi, Alan. I hope you're well and keeping busy in all this madness. So looking forward to the start of the season at Donington Park, but we really don't know at the present time whether spectators are going to be allowed in or not. I was wondering if Alan Gale's going to be on the programme Tuesday night, and if so, whether you could put that question to him, as those of us that go to all the rounds need to book hotel accommodation tickets, etc. I know it's a big ask at the moment and things could change, but any info he could give us would be helpful. It would def- If it's definitely behind closed doors, it would also be useful to know so that at least we know one way or the other. There we go, that's from Sandra. Sandra, I can't answer that question, unfortunately. It's, it's, it's not up to us, it's down to the government. Uh, sometime between now and six weeks' time when we're, when we're racing, I'm sure it'll become become clearer but at the end of the day it's the government and the venue's decision um, as to whether uh, they will allow spectators in my sense is that by the time we get around to to, to our first race there will be and uh, I think we'll be allowed to have a certain amount of spectators not just us I mean all sports will be allowed to have a certain amount of spectators I think that's the way we're heading I hope that's the way we're heading um, and if, if nothing goes wrong between now and then uh, and we don't sort of go backwards out of this lockdown, um, I, I, I would hope that by, by Donington, you know, there will be a, uh, an amount of spectators allowed by the government. They may say, you know, a, a percentage of the normal crowd or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I have no other insight than that. Um, no. But I would think that... Um, I'd like to think that we, we would be allowed to have some, but... You know, don't book a hotel on my say so. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not Boris. So, um, no. uh, at the end of the day, it's their decision. Um, and plenty of other people ask the, the same question. If you yeah. do book a hotel, obviously, you know, people need to think about these things. Um, I, I think the the watchword with, with with the whole of this year is really book one that, that is a um, is a uh, a cancelable and refundable booking i know i booked a load of hotels um on a on a saver rate at the start of the year and it was very difficult to get the old money back so it's important yeah. to um to get a refundable one look, then, look all all sports are, are currently all major sports are, are, are currently in, engaged with the government um, yeah. discussing you yeah. know what, how they can uh, open up their sports to fans so you know i'm i'm quietly optimistic that, that uh, but Come by, come August, there will be a, a, an element, a, an amount of fans allowed. Um, that um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be booking hotels, but it's it's good advice yep. to to make sure you can cancel. Um, Stuart Freelove asked the same question. He said, "Only one question: Will spectators be allowed at Donington and?" Uh, and Doug as well. I'm just name-checking the people mm. that asked the same question. Are the fans going to be allowed to enter the circuits? It's looking pretty grim at the moment. I think... I don't think it is. No, I think it's yeah, the opposite. It, it's uh, I, it's I think looking more favourable, isn't it? I think every as every day goes past, uh, as, as every day passes, you know, there, there's restrictions being eased all the time. Um, so I'm much more buoyant about the opportunity of having fans at our events from the first event onwards. Than I ever have been, so I, I don't share. I don't share the uh, the negative uh, the vibe from from that one. Would you um, have enjoyed being prime minister at this particular time, Mr. Gow? No, I no. bet you Boris hates it. I bet you. Yeah. I bet you he regrets the day he shoved yeah. <laughs> a knife in the back of Michael Gow. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, Michael yeah. Gow. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. There you go. No, that's absolutely <clears throat> fine. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you know? 
I was having a croaky throat today, and um, um, it's it's because of all of the the pollen. Uh, did did you know yeah. this? Did you know no. that, that, that the, I didn't know you had a croaky throat. Did, no. Did, the, the, did you know that the the pollen count is higher at the moment because the vegetation is more lush because there is less pollution? Isn't okay. that interesting? Okay. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll take your word for Thank it. All I much. know is that since I gave smoking up, yeah, my throat has never been worse. Not good for your health, is it? It really no. <laughs> no. Now here's an interesting one: um, a, a driver, um, a, a, a very good driver, and a very good. Uh, sim racer as well mike epps has written in says uh hi alan i've heard a rumor that driver coaches may not be considered as essential staff at toker events this year and therefore not allowed to work despite having already lost a huge amount in earnings due to the pandemic is this true says Mike. that's true Uh, you know a a driver coach uh, and a physio and and all sorts of people are, are not are not deemed as being essential personnel and that's actually a directive from Motorsport UK, not from us. Right. Um, okay. So they're not essential personnel. And yes, Mike, I'm, I'm sure you've lost uh, uh, some income, but haven't we all? Um, you know, ev- everyone in motorsport at the moment is is suffering a loss of in- income. So, uh, <clears throat> sorry, my throat's gone again. No, it's um, fine. It's it's it, the definition from Motorsport UK is is, is a driver coach is not essential personnel. Okay, so um, uh, this is one of my questions. Um, Have we been given... You're not essential personnel. (laughs) I am. I'm like a court jester. I'm like a a mascot. Um, Yeah, I'll give you that one. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm a a figure of fun and a figure of ridicule. So where where would you be without me? Yeah, I'm good for morale. Good Um, good point well made. (laughs) Now, this one comes from uh, Neil Cornish. He says, hi, Alan, glad TTT is back. Missed missed you for a couple of weeks. I have a question for the boss. Um, Is there any chance of an extra... (laughs) I don't know who this has come from. Is there any chance of an extra toker licence being made available for Gordon Shedden this year, please? I'm asking from a, for a friend. <laughs> that comes from Neil Cornish from <clears throat> Bromley in Kent. I'd say it's coming from Dunfermline. <laughs> <clears throat> um, um, no, there's not. All the licences have, have been given out, so, um, you know, um, it'll be great to have Gordon back one day in the Championship, but... Uh, at the moment, there's no license for him. Okay, Simon. <laughs> I hope. Thank that's... you, Gordon. Anyway, hang on. Um, is that his name? Neil. It's not Gordon. Gordon. It's Neil. Yeah, it was Gordon. Yeah. Okay. Um, not Matt. No. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> Steve. No. Okay. Um, it this... certainly wasn't Dan. <laughs> this comes from uh, Simon. Simon Coombs. He said, uh, "It's Simon from the BTC chat group here. I have a question for Sir Alan Gow." You get a lot yeah. of titles on this show, I've got a don't lot you? Of titles, haven't I? Beautiful, isn't it? Um, mm. Has the option for drivers to withdraw from this year's season been discussed, or is this a team matter, or if the team commit to racing? Thank you for your time and the amazing job you're doing, uh, Mr. Hyde. Thank you, thank you, Simon. Um, well, the matter is of drivers between the team and the driver. Yeah. Um, if if a driver wants to or needs to withdraw, that's between him and the team. You know, our contract is, if you like it to call it a contract, is with the team, not the drivers. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, I on. should say we we allowed uh, because of the situation, we allowed teams to miss a couple of races if they want to or if they need to. Um, without uh, without compromising their their license so 
a team could theoretically miss a couple of races um, uh, because of some financial uh, um, hardship uh, or even a physical uh, uh, problem like yeah, course, getting yeah. a car ready or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that probably doesn't answer the, the question, but people should know that there is that allowance anyway. Um, and just incidentally, Jackie has just written in to say, you're not a court jester, Al, you're lovely. Um, and a smiley face with a kiss. So, uh, oh, so there you go. One of your, um, one of your friends, obviously. It, it, it's, good to have the, it's good to have the fans listening in and, and, and getting involved in the conversation. Thank you, Jackie. Um, uh, now, this comes from Andrew Plum, who says, Does Mr Gow know, uh, with Snetterton now open for track days, will the July tyre test be open for spectators? Um, you'd have to ask that of the of Snetterton. Um, you know, we it's it's a test. Uh, we we merely hire the circuit for the two days, um, and it's up to the circuit as to if they allow people in. I I would doubt it, because they would want to keep it to essential personnel only. But as as I said, n- not in my call. You'd have to call. Uh, you'd have to yeah, call um, uh, Snetterton and ask them. I didn't. Fi- I didn't finish my question previously, did I? When I said, "Have you been given by Motorsport UK a number? Is there? Is there an? Uh, sorry, I'm not going to ask for the number, but is there a number of um, essential personnel that we have that we can that we can take along no, to the race meeting? No, no, no. There's no number, but there's there, there's there, there's a certain list of of what constitutes essential personnel. Yeah. You know, yeah. hospitality people are not essential person. I'm just using this as an example. Hospitality personnel are, are not essential. Um, uh, um, as we've said before, driver coaches are not essential. Um, just things like that. There's a list of people that are not deemed as being essential, but there's no number that has been given out okay. um, as to how many people you're allowed to have because, again, that gets down to the government. I mean, I don't want to push you on this point, but am I considered well, an essential member of staff? Are you considered? Yes, me. This is only about me. This is. Can I please be an essential? All oh, right. Okay. I don't think. Well, you never have been. So why would you start now? <laughs> so, um, Ian Flux asks a question. This is going oh to be dangerous, God. isn't it? Yeah. Um, Ian Ian Flux, uh, uh, of course, legendary race driver and and now legendary Facebook poster. Um, <laughs> could you ask Mr. Gale, at what date did he make his first million? <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to answer. Uh, flux. Well, no, I will. Fluxy, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when I do. Um, ah, good answer. It'll, it'll be sometime in the future. Ian Flux yep. um, is the person I hold responsible for taking up smoking again when I did back in yeah, that was 99 terrible. or 2000. I'd given up smoking and, and I was single then. Uh, and occasionally we used to go to a nightclub in Milton Keynes because I was living in Warwickshire. Uh, I think it was called Chicago's by, nice. by memory. Yeah. And uh, what have you been there? No, I just oh. I can imagine a nightclub in Milton Keynes called, called Chicago's. Chicago. Yeah. I, I, if I if my memory doesn't play tricks, I think it was above the bus station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, um, you paint a great picture. Oh, I know. It was lovely. <laughs> and so we used to go to Chicago's sort of once or every couple of weeks and you and I'd Fluxy myself Fluxy James Courtney and a few others yeah cool about yeah. six of us yeah and I'd given up smoking and 
I think one night then uh, Fluxy's a chain smoker um, and I had a, I had I weakened one night had too much alcohol and I, I took a drag of his cigarette uh, and then the following the, exactly the following mm-hmm. week uh, I had a I had half a cigarette and then the following week a whole cigarette and then after that I was straight back on him to so be, I blame I blame Fluxy for a lot of things. Well, you're right to blame him, but in fairness, in in the rich history of Ian Fluxy's career and life, um, that's probably the least bad thing you could have said about him. So thank it's, you for keeping the story where it was. No, it's the best thing I could have said. About him. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Uh, Steve said, um, uh, "Does Alan get? Ga- oh, this is a legitimate question. Does Alan Gow like Vegemite?" I love Vegemite. In fact, I had a Vegemite sandwich for lunch. <laughs> did, did you really? Is it like Marmite? It's like Marmite, right? No, it's nothing like Marmite. Seriously? It's much better than Marmite. Is it? Marmite is a poor relation of Vegemite. Is it really? Um, I've no, never had it, it. They are meant to be the same sort of things. They're, they're yeast extracts. Um, but funny enough, today I had a, a Vegemite cheese and lettuce sandwich. Beautiful. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, I, I, I have a cheese and marmite sandwich. I'm very happy with that. Um, well, you need to try Vegemite. Can I get that in in um, in yeah. supermarkets here? Can Absolutely. I? Right, I've never seen it. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll look for it. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for the question. Um, uh, Chris McCleary, this is a good answer. You can keep my sponsors very happy with your answer to this, Alan. Mm. Uh, Chris McCleary, who is of course in charge of uh, uh, balloting all of the. Uh, beautiful machinery that we have around the BTCC paddock um, says more to the point. How's he getting on without me keeping his Porsche clean? And the it's answer- a disaster, Chris. It's a disaster. <laughs> no, 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 it is. A, I hate. I, 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 let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. Okay. It's been a disaster until Autoglim sent me a car care pack. I love you. That's, um, that's a wonderful and, and now my cars are pristine. Not as pristine as when Chris looks after them, obviously. Yeah. But but pristine nonetheless. And and thank you to Auto Glim for saving me. There you go. What an answer. What a beautiful. Thank you very <laughs> much. Phew. <laughs> um, Stephen Croucher says, uh, "What did Lord Gal do at Rouse I've gone Sports? From sir to Lord in yeah, two yeah. questions. Lord Gal. I mean, yeah. y- y- what's after Lord? Um, King." No. Would just sound silly, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Stick at Lord. Stick on Lord. Um, He sent in a little picture of a a, a clearly taken from a magazine of Rouse Sport advertising at Cosworth, and it says, contact Mr. Alan Gow at Rouse Sport. So Stephen says, what what did you do at Rouse Sport, if that's not too nosy a question? No, it's not. When I first arrived here in in the country in 1990, um, uh, I... When I decided to start doing some work, I went and worked for Andy uh, Rouse up in Coventry, hence why I was living up in Warwickshire and went out to, to Chicago's with Fluxy. Um, but uh, I was living up in Coventry or near Coventry, working for Andy, and we produced these special uh, road-going uh, Sierra Cosworths called the Rouse Sport 304R, or if they were two-wheel drive, they were 302Rs. Uh, because back in Australia, I was doing the same thing with Peter Brock. We did specially uh, Brock-modified um, uh, Holdens. Uh, so Andy liked the idea of that. So we did Rouse-modified uh, Ford Sierras. And um, we I think we built about 350 of them. There you go, Stephen. So I did, I did that for about... Uh, 18 months before I got involved in the BTCC. And, and were you were you planning when you came over here to get involved in the BTCC or was it just something that invo- evolved? 
no, no, I wasn't planning on getting involved in anything. I, I came over here for a, a holiday of no more than 12 months. Oh, really? With, yeah, I, I came over with one suitcase, um, stayed at a mate of mine's flat in um, in Knightsbridge. Uh, he's, a, he's a racer from Australia, very well-known yeah. driver called uh, Alan Moffat. Yeah. And, uh, he had a flat in Knightsbridge, which is a great place to have a flat. So he gave me the keys to that. I stayed there for six months. And all I was going to do was, was I came over here to, as a, like all Australians do, as a bit of a, um, as a bit of a uh, launching pad into travelling around. Um, bit, of, bit of a gap year. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and then Andy offered me a job and I stayed and I just kept on going back to Australia, bringing more clothes back, <laughs> bringing more stuff back. And I'm still here. Oh well, well, um, it's it's our uh, it's our advantage that you are. Um, Some wouldn't agree with. You. Well, I'm just saying it because um, you, you've looked after the BTCC, and many of us care about it. Thomas Harrison Lord says um, that is his. He's a lord too. It, well, no, no, it's on the end, so it's hyphenated at the end. It's not brackets. Okay, there's too many lords on this program. Uh, <laughs> we just call him Thomas. Um, says good evening. Um, what was it like conducting a, a 2022 engine tender process via video call? And are you looking forward to working with M Sport? This is a story that's come out in the last seven or ten days, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, M Sport have got the new contract for the Toker engine, which starts from 2022. For those that didn't know, uh, the tender wasn't conducted by video call. Um, that's probably a bit of a misnomer. It, it goes back to, to March, there are tender documents sent out, um, and so it was done all by, by document. Uh, but, the, but the companies that were tendering, <clears throat> because they couldn't um, uh, sit in front of the teams, if you like, um, did a video uh, and answered questions by video that the teams would send in. So that was the final stage, if you like, in the process. But, but the process had been going on for six weeks before that uh so the final stage of it was them answering questions um by a video that was sent to all the teams okay. so the, the tender wasn't wholly conducted by by video no but but you're a a big embracer of of the whole technology thing during lockdown aren't you you're zoom calling all the time you're um i mean you well, in, i, I don't Venice, you have you, any choice but you've always been an early adopter of of, um, of technology. Like yeah, tech I'm trying technology. to work out where this is going to. No, I'm just it's, it's merely oh. a, it's, I'm just being polite. Okay. Um, if that's okay. Uh, and f- funny enough, this morning or or today, I had a um, <clears throat> a three hour um, FIA um, seminar that I was yeah. one of the keynote speakers on. Um, so it's become ev- an everyday occurrence is doing Zoom and. Do you think we'll, meetings and everything else. Do you think we'll go back to how it was before? Because I know a lot of people no. are saying, no, we're going to stay at home and work. We don't need to go in the office. You know, this has been absolutely um, fine. No, I th- no, I think there's, there's probably a halfway house somewhere. We, we won't go back to having as many meetings face-to-face as we did. Yeah. Um, it's more expensive to do that. It's more time-consuming. It's less efficient to do that. Yeah. So I, I, I imagine we'll be having more meetings by Zoom. Um, but that still won't replace face-to-face meetings that are important to have. <clears throat> so I think there's probably a halfway house there. Um, Martin A says, Hi, Alan. I would like to know if Lord Alan of BTCC Shire... <laughs> there's mm. another one. 
<laughs> had any thoughts of night races or endurance races at any point in the last few months had the calendar not been able to be reworked as it has um not specifically but 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 if we if we had to run into into um in fact we're doing it now we're, we're running into, into dusk early darkness yeah. yeah um and if we had to run later into that we would have by default had probably dusk races or night races if you want to call them that but no not at any stage did we think that we should have a full-on um, night event like we had many years ago it's a good specialist subject this i think you've got them all right so far um, but but they've gone on for longer than longer than a minute. Uh, I have to say. Um, hang on, we've got uh, the next one from from. Yeah, I never trust when there's oh, alliter- alliteration in the name and the place. And um, this is Douglas from Dartford. You're mm, sitting comfortably. I no, I don't trust it either. Um, dear Alan, I'm a hot chestnut vendor and hope that with Christmas just around the corner following the final meeting at Brands, that I would be allowed to sell my wares during the pit lane walkabout, whilst obviously following circuit guidelines and social distancing and keeping my fingers crossed that we'll be back trackside by then. Yeah. Any advice? I think, I think this is our friend that we, <laughs> that we spoke about at the beginning of the show. <laughs> no, it's Douglas from Dartford. No. Are you, are Sorry, you, it's um, it's not. Are you a fan of hot chestnuts? I love a hot chestnut. <clears throat> um, um, no, you're not really. No. I By the way, talk at the moment. I've got the I've got the cure for what you're going through. I've got the oh. so, so take a moment and and I'll give you the so Twinings do a ginger <clears throat> and lemon tea bag. Okay. No. So if you make a ginger and lemon tea, and you put a spoonful of honey in it and squeeze lemon in it, all of a sudden that croaky throat will go away. It works like <coughs> magic. And, and... Am I... Co- no, I can get rid of you so you can cough. There you go. Hmm. I have essentially a cough button. Um, <coughs> um, so, uh, yeah, gin- ginger and lemon tea. It's really good for I, you. Really, sing- I, don't know, I don't know what's going on with my throat tonight. Sing- it, it, it's the pollen, you know. Can we like- get back to Douglas of Dart? <laughs> so we've finished with Douglas. He can do what he likes with his <laughs> chestnuts. Um, I don't so- trust that question. And, and, <laughs> and I think we both know who, who sent that in. Who Douglas from Dartford is. Correct. Scott it's, Waller. I think it's, uh, it's a friend from Lewisham. Do you think? Do you yeah. think? Okay. Scott Waller says... He pretends he's not from Lewisham, by the way, <laughs> because he thinks it's too down market. He, he's, he's from Lewisham. Oh, is this our friend from Blackheath? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. He, yeah. Do you sorry, he says, fr- he says he's from Blackheath. I don't think it he's is. Oh, it might be, actually. It's a no, pretty. It it's a pretty anonymous Hotmail account that it was sent from. Is it well spelt? Uh, beautifully punctuated. Yeah, I think him. it's probably been proofread as well. Um, that's him. Yeah, I, yeah, it's been fully. That's stopped. Larry from Lewish. <laughs> this is from Scott Waller. He said, "Would Toker, along with the circuits, considering consider allowing smaller crowds in, and maybe campers who wouldn't be reliant on communal toilets and showers, etc., for weekends as further restrictions are lifted?" Um. Scott, that's ex- it's exactly the same answer as I gave earlier. It's it's entirely up to the government. Um, once once they say to the venues <clears throat> or to the sports as to which um, 
which uh, as to how, what sort of crowd numbers they're really going to allow to come in, then the venues will then decide what crowds that they will have as to yeah. whether they will be able to camp there or whatever. Yeah. Um, so in, not our call. Um, it's entirely up to the venues. Um, uh, sorry, entirely up to the government. Uh, and uh, we've got all the way to the end. This is really good. Fantastic. Um, uh, we've got to... Um, and thank you, everyone, for, for sending your messages in, your questions for uh, Ask Alan, because we've alternated. Um, during the lockdown period, we've had Alan Gow on one episode and then Dr Trafford with the more medical side of things on the on the next one. And it's, wor- it's worked really well, and particularly at the moment, as we edge closer to the start of the season, I knew there'd be a lot of questions. I didn't realise there'd be quite as many as this. Um, Rob Longhurst says, Hi, Alan, keep meaning to ask if you could find out, with all the uncertainty about uh, another major recession caused by the lockdown due to COVID, how, many t- how are teams managing financially? In the sense that, of course, sponsorship revenue is of great importance to both teams and drivers. And has the closure of many businesses caused any unexpected issues for teams or drivers in the way of in the means of lost sponsors uh, pulling out? How do teams foresee the economic uncertainty affecting them and their drivers going forward into next season? I think that's a question for your next guest. Oh, what for um, a, a motorbase team yeah. guru, David Barton? <clears throat> no one could answer that better than a team owner. Um, so I think that's a question for you next. Yes, look, obviously the current economic climate that we're, we're going through and will go through over the next couple of years is going to have an effect on, on, on everyone. Um, but, you know, it, it's funny how motor racing is... is it, 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 is usually the first to come out of such such issues, you know. Um, so we're incredibly resilient, the sport, and, and we always find a way to get things done. Uh, and including, you know, when we went through the last Great Recession in 2008 and 2009, um, obviously this is much greater than that, but we'll find a way through. Uh, we always do. Do you know what? We could uh, seamlessly segue this in um, to uh, said boss, because David Bartram is standing by and waiting. Um, so uh, would you be happy to, 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 to coincide with Barty on, on the Please line do. at the same time? Welcome. Hang on, let's apparently, see. Uh, apparently I've upset Mrs Bartram. Oh, well, well let's find out why. Uh, um, hang on, David Bartram is there, but a bit, but a bit noisy because he's listening to the radio. So turn the radio down, Barty. You are live now. Um, um, and now I can, now hear, I myself. can hear myself. So I might have to. There we go. Yeah, he's listening to the radio. Um, <laughs> so therefore, no, we can't do that then. We're, well, it was a good idea. At least Barty's technology has connected us all together. So why have you upset Barbara? Why have you upset Barbara, Mister Gow? Well, because I was having a. Uh, apparently, she's born in uh, born and bred in Lewisham. Oh, yeah, there would be good reason to be upset. Lewisham's a great place. I worked in the music shop in Lewisham for for many a year. Um, it was a relatively terrifying experience, um, and, and um, I I, <laughs> I, um, I had a, a peculiar incident with the police. There were a number of peculiar incidents with the police whilst working in Lewisham, um, but one was um, a chap. I was dressing the window, so putting musical instruments um, mm. in the window, and a chap came in through the front door of the shop and then promptly laid down in the shop window 
in the space that I had cleared to put new musical instruments in. And, and I beg your pardon? What's the problem with that? And so he laid down, but he was sort of moving around, um, which was a bit weird. I would have thought that's a normal thing in Lewisham. It was, uh, don't be Lewishamist. Um, mm. uh, so he was sort of moving around and he wouldn't move. He, we, we were talking to him and he wouldn't get up. So we called the police because they were only just, Ladywell Police Station was just a few doors down. And when the police officer um, turned up, uh, he said, hello, mate. What are you doing? And he answered. <laughs> I promise you, this is what he answered. He said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm doing the breaststroke," and continued to pretend to swim for some considerable time uh, until we urged him out. To, I think he was probably a bit jolly. Um, I I think he might have. I think he might have had um, f- false ways of becoming jolly. Shall we say? Is that the best way of putting it? <clears throat> I, I, that sounds absolutely normal for that sort of area. <laughs> so, I, I did thoroughly enjoy my time in Lewisham, but it was quite scary. It's not anymore. Uh, it's very nice uh, now. What's the difference between Lewisham and Blackheath? Can uh, you tell the difference? Yeah, the houses are big and posh in Blackheath. Um, and in Lewisham, oh. they're smaller and not so posh. I, I was hoping you'd say you can't see much of a difference. They're, well, they're very close to each other. They are close neighbours. That's for sure. Right, I'm going to thank you very much now, Mr Gow. Um, Look, I'd like to apologise to everyone for my voice tonight. I I, I think I've been talking too much today. I've done too many of these uh, things today. So um, my apologies for for how I sounded, but um, I hope I answered those questions. You answered all the questions brilliantly. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Mr Gow. And um, we won't see you on the next episode, but we'll see you on the next but one because we'll have Traff on the next one. Although that's quite presumptuous because Traff might... Might not want to come on the next episode in which case we'll do another episode of ask alan um i rather and, enjoyed that and, and i'll uh, i'll finish with a corny line and that is if if it's anything to do with us we'll see your backside trackside <laughs> oh, oh i like that. that that's a hashtag right there <laughs> alan thanks ever so much thank you for good joining night, us thank you Cheers. good night there good we night. go alan gow everybody lord alan of gowshire
It's all totally in Tin Top Tuesday. A very good evening to you. Welcome along, everybody. Thank you for your questions for Alan Gow. Um, and uh, he will be on not the next show, but the next but one show answering your questions. Unless, of course, there is news to give out on the next show, in which case he'll be back. But keep those questions coming in and good questions as well. Uh, now, somebody with plenty of news from the last couple of weeks, but unfortunately on the phone because technology has beaten us. I'm very sorry, David Bartram, um, but we're on the old... Um, uh, we're on the old dog and bone. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, we can deal with that, Lager, no problem. We can deal with that, Barty. Um, first of all, how are you? Because I've been watching videos, and there's a video of you at Motorbase World Headquarters um, answering a few questions. Uh, one of the answers that you gave was that you haven't been particularly well during this lockdown period, certainly at the start of the lockdown period. Um, was it the, the dreaded virus yeah, I mean, it was just after we sort of closed up um, towards the end of March. I didn't feel great, you know, and uh, that was the start of my little run and my little run in with the, the dreaded virus. It wasn't a comfortable thing to deal with. It went on for three and a half, four weeks. Wow. And it was just horrible. It was just, you know, it was just what it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a real so, thing yeah. and people need to, to, to you know, respect respect the virus if you like because everyone i've spoken to that has had a brush with it says it's it's really not something you want to get which is no, not just not. saying you the know, obvious it's not it's not just flu you. is it no sorry no it's not flu if you have a bad flu you, you've been let off light honestly you you really do know when it's got you and there's been a lot of you know things happen with people and i don't want to get it ever again i don't want to see anyone i know get it um i just want to see it gone because it's affecting racing that's the most important thing I can't go racing. So, as a as a as a team yeah. boss, um, you've presumably already thought long and hard about how you protect your staff, how you protect everything around the team. Once we get to go racing on the first weekend of August, yeah, I mean we've got plenty of PPE stuff even now. You know, obviously we've been testing. Um, you have to sort of keep keep doing the social distance thing um, as best as you can. You know, it's, it's very easy to forget what you're doing sometimes, but generally speaking. My lads have been very good. We've got sanitizer machines, we've got masks, we've got personal sanitizers in their pockets, um, and we just do our best to do whatever, you know. And there's always someone that will look at you and say, "Oh, you're not doing this right, I'm not doing that right." But 
you know, it's very difficult when you're doing what you do. Well, at least we're not in, in towns and cities smashing the places up right in and doing that. We're just trying to do our business, and that's motorsport. Um, uh, now, I, I know that you were listening to the show before, Barty, so I thank you for that. But um, you may have heard the last question, which um, Alan Gower sort of batted on to you because... Yeah, that's you, a clever little move by AG, wasn't it? It, 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 it was a nice little sidestep. Leave that to somebody else. But, it, but in um, fairness, you are in a better place to, to answer the question. Um, just how much financially has this impacted on teams in the BTCC? No, it definitely will do. There's no doubt about that. And as Alan says, it's not just now, it's going forward. Um, motorsport is quite resilient. It does cut its cost accordingly normally. But, uh, I mean, even we've lost a few little sponsors that we've had for years, you know, and it's just the situation there. And they've always supported us. They've always looked after us. And, and they just can't do it. And what can you say to that? Um, I guess in a, in a really strange way, uh, we haven't got a title sponsor this year. You know, we've had various ones over the years. We haven't got one, and actually at the minute, I think that might be a bit of a godsend because to try and unpick a deal and try and explain to a major sponsor what you're doing and what they can't do and why they can't come to the circuit and all the different things, whilst I, I think they would understand it, there's obviously the financial side of it you'd have to work back and sort out. So we haven't actually got that problem. Um, but, yeah, it will affect everyone. I, you know, be, I don't think it would be a single team that you can say that they're in exactly the same position now as the day they entered into press day. You know, it, it would have changed immediately after that. So, but you know, but every team in that paddock, no matter what, works very hard to be there. Every team boss works very hard to be there, and every part of the team. So, they'll probably continue to do the same. Um, I hope we don't have any casualties, but you know, it could happen. There could be a few. Uh, in in fairness, if if there was any team that had spent quite a bit of money leading up to this season, it was you because over the winter there was quite an investment by Motorbase in three rather beautiful new cars. Um, now, they were testing last week. You had a test um, at Brands Hatch and you had a test at Donington Park as well. The cars look absolutely mint, Barty. You must be really, you know, straining at the reins to get to get out for the first time on a, on a competitive race weekend. Yeah, very much. I mean, I'd love to go racing now. We're ready. Um, you know, it's, we're out again testing Friday, actually, again at Brands Hatch. It's, it's still quite difficult going outside a certain area because, you know, you've got to do it all in a day. You've got no yeah. hotels you can stay in. Yeah. Um, you're restricted on pretty much everything, so we'll stay local again now. We did go to Donington. Um, it was okay. It was a very long day, but hey-ho, you know, we, we're now back to Kent now and we'll stick with brands what for a time, moment. What time did the um, did the truck set off? Um, uh, double, double, double manning. Uh, well, actually, no, we, the trucks, they were the only things that really were lucky. They, we got them to Team Parker Racing, which is just down the road. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and Stuart Parker helped us out there. We parked there and we left the vehicle to go and get the boys, the two lads in the trucks off. But because obviously they can't do that. And I didn't really want to put double men on the trucks just for that. Yeah, but yeah. the rest of us, we travelled up at half three, four o'clock in the morning. And Goodness me. Was, well, we were glad to do it, you know, because we hadn't been out. We hadn't been, as you said, we've got these nice, shiny new cars. And that was a really difficult thing for me, as I've already said, that, uh, you know, sitting on the staircase in the workshop saying, lads, sorry, we've got to pack down and go home. Um, having worked three and a half months flat out, day and night, designing and building and doing. I mean, the team and, and the, the guys in the team have given their all to get the cars to the point where we had two finished and one not far away. So it was a case of, it was hard, you know, it was just hard for me to tell them to go home. I mean, they soon adjusted to doing to, to going home since the sunshine came out. But, you know, it, it, it was hard to do all that work and then find you weren't going to go off and do the season. Yeah. Um, just difficult. Uh, you know, um, 
I've looked at the videos of the, of the car running and, and it was something that came into my mind was how proud you were as a team boss, how proud you were of the boys that are working for you. Um, when your very first motor base focus turned a wheel, um, which was at Snetterton, wasn't it? You'd just finished yeah. the car mid-season um, quite a few years ago now. And that was focus mark one from Motorbase. Now, many years down the line, and Victor is um, uh, clocked up for that initial focus. What are your feelings now? Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're hugely proud, and rightly so, that you've produced three of these beauties. What were your feelings when the, when the car turned a wheel for the first time? Uh, well, the original car in 2012, I mean, obviously that was a big step for us because we weren't really a car builder. You know, we were a racing team, and we obviously bought a car. We'd buy from Arena, we bought from Schnitzer. You know, we bought from Seat. We bought cars and we went racing. Suddenly to become a constructor, because that's what NGC suddenly offered, was, was quite an achievement. And there was a set of guys around us in those days that, um, you know, were really, really good with that sort of thing. And we, we produced a car. Um, that car was very much built by Motorbase. I think that was, the, that was the thing. We sort of put it on the plate in the back workshop and that was it. We built the car Richard Townsend, particularly at the time, was a big part of that and a few of the other lads. Um, and we built a car and we put the thumb in the air and we worked out where it all went and we sort of followed the, the rule book of what we had for NGTC and we built a car for the best availability. And it was a good car and it, it, it stood us in well and it's evolved over the years and we've changed it from ST to RS. But very much for this car, it's a different game. It's a different thought process. It's a different way of doing a car because we embraced, you know, the modern technology available. Um, we were very much looking for people to work with us rather than try and do it all on their own. Um, we did that with custom cages and a few other people. And, I, and where the other car was built, this one was very much designed and built. And I think that's the difference, the design element that went into it, um, where it's aero, where the whole thing. It's just, it's just a different car, and it feels a quality car, you know, even down to how we did the body work. With, actually, funny enough, one of the old racers from touring cars, Ian Curley, just drives a Lexus. He's done all the body work for it, and he's very much a Kent lad and very nearby. Yeah, he's local, so he's isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes it easier. But, you know, we, we put a lot of work in, and thought into the car and spent a lot of money before we actually had any product to actually put together. Um, and that was the thing, you know, it was it was to be designed and then built to get a different quality car because I think NGTC indirectly has evolved, you know, with different things with the way BMW did their car and, and Toyota and so on. So it was very much a case of we need to up our game and join that club. And I'm hoping that's what we've done, but we don't know that until we go racing. Um, so far... What's the feedback been from the from the drivers? Because of course you've got three of these, haven't you? Got three. Yeah, I mean Andy was out the other day for his the first time. This is Andy Nate. I mean, yeah, yeah, and he was you know he was he was in the old car initially, and you can imagine sitting in the office with, with the other two drivers, and they're going, "Oh, this new car does this, it does that, does, oh, doesn't yeah, do with the old car." And of course Andy's sitting there, sitting in the old car, so I was very keen to get him into the new car. Um, and but Ollie obviously has a lot of experience of the old car um, as well as the new car. Yeah, Ollie Jackson. So. It was like he can tell you straight away. And obviously Rory had experience of the 17 car, but him himself hadn't had a lot of touring car experience at that point. But after he did the four-round thrust in 17, when he replaced Luke, he went off and drove AMD and the MG and then the Honda, which the FK series probably one of the best NGTC cars produced. Um, it's probably a thorn in Matt Neal's side even now because it's a very good car if they created all those years ago. Yeah. And it's still quick. And you know we, we got a lot of feedback from Rory on that car, but... I think Roy's in a very happy place with the new car. Um, and he's, yeah, he just wants to push on and learn more, and so do the other guys. So, and he's very, much, he's very much part of motor based performance history, isn't he, Rory? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like Matt was really, and there's a few drivers over the years, like Michael Kane, have been in different things with us, with his GTs, touring cars, Carrera Cup, whatever. Um, you know, Matt was with us right through with touring cars, and he was very much the team driver. And obviously, he's not with us now. We know that everyone knows that. So, you know, it was important for me to sort of get a feeling of, of getting a driver that I've worked with before, and I know exactly what I'm getting. And that's one of the things I've got with Ollie as well, because Ollie goes back to our Carrera Cup days. Um, but, you know, Rory was doing GTs with us for two and a half years in British GT, and we were doing we did some long pan endurance. We've done, you know, England and Europe with GT cars with the Aston Martins, and, and then a little bit of touring cars. So I know Rory very well, and he knows the team very well, and he's even said it was like coming home. So, you know, that with that sort of forming atmosphere in the team, it helps you to go well, and it helps the drivers to, to get the best out of your car. There's no- lots to do, but at, it, it's a good car. At Knock Hill last year, Barty, obviously um, home of, of, of Rory, um, you presented him, it was a lovely moment, um, you presented him, I think, with his overalls from when he was a, a, a motor-based performance driver, didn't you? Yeah, I'd had those for a year or so, and I was trying to decide when there was the right moment to do it. Oh. And I had in the back of my mind what I wanted to do, and it was, I think it was a subconscious decision to sort of just remind Rory where he came from and, and very much just say, yeah. you know, you're coming home at some point. Uh-huh. And I'd, I've often said that, I've said that to Sean, he's only on loan, he's coming back at some point. Um, and he has, and I think that was why the hope was winning in the, in the sub, subconscious. It was very much a case of, you know, Rory's got to come back because Rory's a very good driver now. He's very, very um, knowledgeable on touring cars. Yeah, he's a champion. He, he lives for it. Um, and his, his hunger and his thirst for knowledge um, of what we've done and being involved in every element, you know, uh, we've been all along. I mean, the same with Ollie, you know, that he was very much a part of the original car, the new car. And it was really weird because I stood at the end of last year at the last round and I said to Ollie, my team manager, Ollie, not little Ollie, not big Ollie. Yeah. And I said, look, I've got this thing in my head. He said, what's that? I said, I've got, I've got in mind to build a new car. And they're looking at me and said, well, we haven't got a major sponsor going forward at the moment. And, you know, we've just finished the season. I said, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. And I'm going to work wow. out how I'm going to do it. Wow, and, and and that was it. And then we got on with it. And um, and then I said to Ollie, I need, I need a driver. You know, a particular driver I want. And we went after him as well. And he was very respectful in talking to us. And obviously, still being part of AMD at the time, he did everything in the right manner as Rory would. And you know, Sean and I spoke about it later on. And yeah, he came back to motorbike. The good thing is that you and you and Sean get on terribly well and Rory and Sean still get on very nicely it's um yeah well don't forget yeah. Ollie also you know he was a yeah. he's been A&D along the way yep. by a motorway I mean that's the thing with the paddock a lot of drivers do go around in circles um, and every now and then they fall <laughs> off and they want to come in and they come from always associations mostly I think um, maybe not I suppose you know it depends really it just depends how your team works but being a business that which Motivation is a business it's, that's worked in so many other series going back 10, 11, 12 years. You know, we didn't start as a touring car team. We started as a Porsche Carrera Cup team. Yeah. So you meet drivers through that, and quite a few of our drivers from Carrera Cup, like Liam Griffin and so on, have come through over the years, and, you know, Michael Kane, and there's quite a few. Um, and it's it's what it is. It's it's associations, and I think that's, that's what makes things work for us all. And having the fact that we were in GTs and we were in Carrera Cup gives you access to other drivers. Um, it was all staffed by the great Dave Pinkman. <laughs> yeah, he's to blame, isn't he? I was I was minding my own business at the end of 2005 on a nice holiday, um, and I was thinking about all oh, Crow Cup next year. We're going to we've got Tim Harvey and we've got Michael Kane for 2006. And we've got Phil Quaife and 
the phone went and I'm sitting there like, who's that? And it was Mr. Pinkney. He said, I've been out and we bought a touring car. I said, oh, good, lovely. Good for you. Who's running that? Where are you going with that? <laughs> well done. He said, oh, we're doing that. I said, what do you mean we're doing it? I said, no, he said, we're, we're, we're doing British touring cars next year, aren't we? I'm like, right, okay. And the ironic thing is, the person who sold it to him, the then Dynamics team manager, one Ollie Collins, is now the team manager at Motorbike. Yeah, Motorbike. It, it's it is. 10 years. <laughs> it's, it's as you say, things go round in circles, yeah, it? which is very does, much the business we're in. Next thing you know, we've got a touring car, then we had two, and we bought the Seats. I didn't like the Seats. They were a disaster of a car um, in the end. And, and I thought, well, what can I do to, you know, to get us on the road with something really good? And I actually went out to Germany and found Charlie Lamb, the Schnitzer, who's a great guy and sadly no longer with us. I was thinking about Charlie today. Yeah, yeah I, I miss Charlie and Dieter as well, his brother. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we bought the, the BMWs, brought them home, and they were a great car for us. So I admired West Surrey for having them first anyway, and wanted them badly and Charlie actually helped me a lot for three years for three years we ran the BMs and yeah that's an association lovely that really man. helped us shape as a touring car team lovely man and he held you in very high respect as well I, I know because I spoke to him about you um, yeah or rather yeah, I don't know what I did wrong <laughs> he, he, or rather he spoke to me he, he, he said I haven't been to a BCCC race for many years I'd love to have a catch up with David Bartram and that was very very shortly before he sadly passed away in fact it was uh, just about a month and a half it was at Macau. Yeah, he, so, was, yeah. he was. Well, yeah, because I was. I was over in. It was last January when Charlie died in nineteen. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Over, I was in Daytona. Funny enough, I was oh, with right, Piers, yeah. Phillips, Piers Phillips, one of my old engineers, is now the president of Ray Hall Landing and Lessman Racing out in America. And they, they're the factory BMW team. And yeah, yeah. He, he, he came in and said Charlie's died. And I was yeah. like, wow. Well, yeah, really it, sad. It Very was, sad day. It was a huge wow, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah um, it, was, it was. So finally, Barty. Um, well, uh, two things. How upset is is Mrs. Bartram with Lord Gow about um, about dissing Lewisham? Well, she's 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 sort of she's got her copy of I Come from the Land Down Under in there by Men at Work. She's breaking <laughs> it in half at the moment. Um, so, uh, and then she's got this little doll and it's got this black hair on yeah, it, this little grey beard. You should you um, should a little grey beard. <laughs> and she's stabbing that with some needles at the moment. But yeah, he's been he's been dissing Lewisham. I mean, I'm I'm a West Norwood boy, so we're both, we're both a South London couple. But um, now I, I think Mr. Gow is. Um, I think I think I, I think I know the person you're talking about. I think about you as do. Well. I think you do. Yes, he, he likes a drop of wine. I think you absolutely do. Final question, Barty. Three new cars, raring to go. Seemingly, they look jolly good on the track. You've got unfinished business in this championship, haven't you? Yeah, I mean we we sort of peaked and trough along the years. I mean Tom did very well in in eighteen and finished third. You know, and we, we he was a slow starter, so. But he got going. And I was expecting more last year. It just didn't happen. And for me, that was quite sad because I thought, well, it went well in, in 18. And it was, you know, it was a good platform for going to 19. And we did loads of work on the car. But it just didn't come together. So we could have gone on with the RS. It was a good car. But I think the new car offered a lot more. When you looked at the, the road car and looked at the shell and looked at the way that Ford had made it and the way you could apply the NGTC rules to it, it was too good an opportunity to miss, and along with, along with you know, the important bit for me of keeping the Mountjoon uh, power plant, you know, which we've invested in over the years, and Mountjoon have invested heavily in, and that's a relationship I value because obviously David Mountjoon and I go back a long way to when I raced in Group yeah, Ten. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Mountjoon's 40th year in business, and it's our 10th year in Mountjoon engine. So, 
I wanted to keep that going. And, you know, I know that M Sport are going to probably come in with a Ford unit and it's all going to change, but it, it's, we stay mounted, I think, and that's it. Um, you know, it's, it, it's important to me. And they're not far from the workshop. You know, uh, we, we, everything's nearby. Our body works built nearby. You're a loyal chap, aren't you, to local? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we all look after each other. Yeah. The Kent Mathia and, you know, and the Essex, <laughs> the Essex, Essex mob through the pipe, we, we sort of. We, we get on. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's why, we, that's why we like AMD, because they speak the same language. One final question. Uh, back in the day, Barty, when, when you were a, a, a race driver, um, driving around in Ford, Ford, Cosworth, Sierras, Sapphire. Um, uh, Sapphire and Hatch. Yeah, yeah and Hatch. Um, did, you, did you race against Charlie Cox back in the day? Uh, were you I the same era? Charlie. Yeah, no, it's similar. Charlie came in in 93... In an escort, Cosworth, I think my memory serves me right. I sort of finished up in Sapphires at the end of 92. I did one race in 93 in a, in a Sapphire, but it, the escort was that much quicker. Yeah, um, yeah that so was sort of thing. Yeah. But no, I'd, I'd done Group M sort of 1991, 92, came out in 90. Um, and Charlie, I think, came in 93. You can ask him in a minute and see if we're right. But oh, got... I'll never forget Charlie's little roll to the 303. No, yeah, that, that, on was, that was not a little roll, was it? That was a terrifying no, roll. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was, it was, it was, um, it's funny because I did a piece today, um, on a video about, you know, my cars, whenever I can, my cars are red and my sapphires and my hatches were red back in the day. And that's because I just loved the Dickie Johnson, yeah. Dick Johnson cars in Australia and how they looked and different things like that. And, um, we were red when we got a chance of redstone and it's the same red again. And then obviously this time around, I got to pick the color. So to build a new car and have it in, in red, um, I was very happy with that. Motorbase red? I, yeah, I was talking to Jeff Allen um, today, funny enough, and we were talking about Australian touring cars back in the day, and he was saying that he went out, well, I remember he going out in 89 and driving one of Dick Johnson's cars, which made me very envious at the time. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. He partnered Paul Radisich, and they finished second in the, in the fight, in the big race. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the Tourage 1000 in those days or whatever. But, yeah, so the red for me comes from my, my like of... Comes from down under. Wow, there you go. Under. We do that'll, go. That'll, that'll actually not please Mr. Gale because Mr. Gale was very much in the other camp out there. That <laughs> yes, indeed. Mr. Peter Brock. <laughs> yeah, he's, he most certainly was. So, yeah. as you say, Barty, everything goes in circles, doesn't it? There's a connection throughout the, the championship. It's a small little business. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for entertaining nice us over the last couple of weeks with footage of testing and actually being out there and doing something and letting us see the cars. So thank you for that. Oh, there's, there's more to come. Ollie's video went out tonight and Ollie's not great with cameras. He didn't do a bad job, but he seems to like the word maximise quite a lot. This is Ollie um, Collins, not, not Ollie Jackson. Ollie Collins, yeah. team manager. Team yeah. manager. And then obviously he might have forgotten one of our major contributors at Pro Alloy as well when he was doing it. But I just thought, you know what, I'm going to leave it like that because it's quite funny. But, um, <laughs> oh, bless so we've got to go up to Pro Alloy and do a Pro Alloy special now, but we're, we're going to do a few more films over the next week or two and a few more interviews. Oh, and good for you. It's very much about sending out a positive message. British Touring Cars is coming back soon. We're going to be part of it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, we want a positive, positive run from everyone. And I know all the teams are, are raring to go and they're going to work hard, very hard, actually, over the, over the 14 weeks. Um, but we're we're ready to go. Oh, Barty, thanks ever so much for joining us. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, and uh, uh, Andrew Plum actually sent in a message while we were chatting away saying, hopefully Motorbase is still running their own Mountune Ford engine. Could you ask David, please? There you go. I yeah, think you, we, I think we, we are. We are running. 
Actually, just on very quickly on Michael Caine, because I did mention him, you can't help mentioning the, the, the standard issue motor-based crash test dummy. <laughs> he, he, he actually shook down car three, third car first, because we didn't want to take it away as long as he finally had a problem. He just happened to be at the workshop, luckily. Right. We managed to get it down the road and shake it down, and that makes him the only driver to actually driven all four of motor-based performance full iterations. Oh, yeah, good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so. in fairness, if you cut Michael Caine in half, he um, he says motor-based performance, doesn't he? Yeah, we had to get him back from somewhere and reshape him and get him rethinking right. You had to lasso right. him. You lassoed him. him. And, you, and you hauled him now. back in. <laughs> Party, <laughs> thank you ever so much. Uh, love to Barbara, if you would. And um, yep. and fish and chips one day soon would be very nice. Thank oh, you, Barty. Oh, the seaside is getting closer. Yeah, It'll it is. Down in Hive soon. It down is. Down in Hive, uh, nice fish and chips. That what won't a, be long, rather. What a lovely Sunday afternoon that'll be. Barty, thank you ever so much for joining us. And, See you soon. And take Good night, care. all. There we go. Bye-bye. David Bartram, everybody, the team boss of Motorbase Performance. If you haven't looked at their videos over the last uh, couple of weeks there's plenty of them just have a look for them on social media evening everybody it's all to glim tintop tuesday um, and you can carry on emailing and tweeting us at tintop tuesday on twitter and if you want to email us studio at tintop tuesday.com is the email address
Now there's a song. There's a song that I, it took me seeing the classic rock show with James Cole, touring car driver, race winner. Um, he's also got a rock band called The Classic Rock Show. It took seeing The Classic Rock Show doing that song for me to realise it's a really good song. And I'll play it as often as I like. It's all totally in Tin Top Tuesday. Toto, by the way. Rosanna. Good song. Um, he's been very patient. He's always very patient. I'm sorry, Tom Ingram. Tingram, I'm sorry. I'm always late to you, aren't I? I'm sorry. I'll tell you 9 o'clock. I mean 9.15. Sorry. It's okay. I'm used to it now. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I, I, I just... I run according to... to history really don't i um mm. I've got, yeah i'm I used to it when you say nine o'clock I, ne- I never get ready for nine o'clock anyway do you not no no there's, I, a, no. there's a challenge for me isn't there wow you're gonna catch <laughs> me out one day i'll catch you on the hop okay well so in which much so that we've actually just finished in the last i don't know maybe five minutes okay the fourth one okay of is it little fires everywhere uh, now you've put me onto this haven't you this is on That's amazon good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I've I'm a started. Big, big, big fan of it. Well, there's five of them. I think there's five of them. I think we've just done number four. So we've got one more to go. Okay. Oh, I'm... and it's all kicking off, Alan. I've totally started, but in fairness, your recommendations during <coughs> lockdown period of things to watch have been absolutely exemplary. I oh, mean, I mean, well, I'm a- glad I've kept up a- with that. Absolutely brilliant. I'm not sure we should share. Um, uh, with the dear listeners what you've recommended me to watch because one of them was incredibly good to watch but really weird um, uh, it, it was it was yeah it was there's a there's a few things of those that have been a little bit weird yeah and and in fact they're the best ones when they're a bit weird the second one was a bit weird as well um, there was what some was the second one uh, the second one that you recommended uh, um, give us a hint I can't remember what it was um uh, no, well, this is putting you on the spot now, isn't no, it? No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to say it. Oh, there was, okay. there was some. There was. There, there was one. I, I. I sent you a screenshot of of what was going oh, on. I yes. said, "What oh, on earth yes. is going on here?" Yes, I, unbelievable. They've been good though. I've been, been absolutely and we, we're also fantastic just at the minute. And I said this to you when we were on the phone earlier on because we spoke earlier on as well. We did, yeah. It was the. It's the the Salisbury poisoning. Yeah, no, I'm waiting for all of the episodes to be on yeah, uh, iPlayer, well, isn't it? I think there's three of them that are on iPlayer at the minute. They might put the fourth one on. Okay. But that is incredible. That's We've been glued to that. That's been fantastic. That's real life stuff, isn't it? It's a true story about the the, um, the Novichok stuff that went on in um, in Salisbury. Yeah, which is a bit too close for my it's, That's liking. very close it, to home for you, that, isn't it? It's too close to me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to watching it. Do you know the other thing that I've noticed? There is... So there are a number of sort of detective um, or policey kind of dramas that are on telly. And uh, very often there, uh, this thing actually happened some years ago. Um, uh, the White House ch- uh, farm um, uh, story from the oh, 1980s. Yes. And that was dramatised. The only trouble is, I'm going to have a little bit of a rant now. Um, there is an actor, I don't know his name. He is Liverpudlian, um, and he seems to appear in every single oh, I know one. The one of, you mean. Do you know the one yes, I mean? I know exactly the one you mean. He's uh, always in he it. He was in. He was in. This is England. He was in. This is England. He was in. This, um, hold on, I'm 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 on the Googs. Okay. This is this is England. What is your name? Oh, somebody's <laughs> gonna. We're gonna go. Stephen Graham, mate. Is that his name? 
Stephen Graham. Now, I'm not going to say anything in particular, but I guess that's a really good thing if you are a fan of his acting. Mm. He did what? What was the thing he's been in when he was trying to do a Welsh accent and was a bit rubbish that, at that, it? That was the the white White House farm. That was it. Murders. He's too scouts to be trying to do a Welsh accent. It wasn't he? a good accent, was it? It wasn't good. It, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I, what's the nicest way to put this? I'm not his greatest fan. So every time I see something that comes up on telly, there's another one which has come up now, um, and I put it on. I thought he's in it again. Mm. He, oh, he's he's all over it. He's like in rash. everything. Uh, we can tell Matt Salisbury that he lost. I got to it first. Oh, really? Because I, I just had a text saying, Stephen Graham. <laughs> he's, like, he's very good. Okay. On the well, ball, any of that, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm, not a, um, I'm not brilliant at um, acting. I'm not an acting teacher or anything. But I just think he should, <laughs> I'm not going to say it with the accent, but in his acting style, he should just calm down mm, he's a, a bit, little he's bit. He's enthusiastic, isn't he? Calm we down, watched calm one down. of them. And he was, it might, maybe it's that. No, it wasn't. He was, it was Stephen Graham and he was in something where he was trying to get to a ferry to go across to Ireland. I can't remember for the life of me when. Ferry across the Mersey, was it? And that was, no, okay. Ferry across the Mersey, was it? Just doing a topical little, little. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. What was it? Uh, I can't remember what it was. I should probably have found out before I spoke to you, but that was really good. But that was one of the other things he was in. Um, hold on, it might even say Matt Sorsby will probably get there before me as well, but I can't. Um, <laughs> this, this is great. This is great listening. This you're isn't it? very good at multitasking. I, I, I'll give you um, that. But in fairness, Ting, that was what I was going to talk to you about tonight because 2020 has brought. Um, well, it's been a, a year like we've never known. Um, I've never known a year without motor racing. I mean, no. okay, we're, we're going to get motor racing, but it's uh, it's a drug that we all need, in fairness. Absolutely but, right. But, you know, some people have turned it round into being a real positive. And I'd like to think that, that you're one of those people because your story is, is sort of almost in sim racing now complete, isn't it? You, you've been and gone and won a race. Done. Finished. <laughs> Ticked off, yeah. Boxed off. Next. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> I said this to I said this to my dad the other week actually. I was like, it's quite it's quite nice that 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 the um I've kind of gone on this 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 whole little this little cycle of it where you know I had the excitement of of like you like we're gonna say getting the computer building yep. that yep. when when it was still very early days in in the whole uh, in the whole lockdown thing uh, and then it's kind of gone into finishing the computer, waiting for the sim to arrive, installing the sim, getting it built, first race, blah, 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 and going all the way through. And now there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I've had my, I've, I've kind of finished most of the championships that we've uh, that we've been in. Uh, and the attention now turns to um, starting back racing touring cars again. Yeah. is it, How weird is that going to be? I mean, you know, we've all become a little bit isolated, a little bit hermit-like <coughs> through necessity over... Um, over the I'm last scared three if I'm months. Honest, are you? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I totally get and it. And I'm scared because I have this every single year, and you finish in October. Yep. Season finishes. Happy days. I, and then you get into that that first sort of winter period. And you forget about racing. And then you get out January. You start doing your training. Start losing your Christmas weight. February comes. March comes. And then you go to that first test. And that first test of the year, you turn up and you sit in the seat and go, "Well, this feels weird." And for the first, I don't know, five laps, you're like five, six seconds off the pace. And you're like, 
maybe I've forgotten. I've forgotten how to do this. Yeah. Maybe I've just forgotten how to drive. Yeah. And I'm in that same boat now. I'm terrified to get back in the <laughs> because what happens if I've forgotten what to do? I don't think you've forgotten what. In fairness, I haven't I, done. I can't do anything else, Alan. No, well, no. I'm I rubbish do... at anything else. I do know I can't that feeling. I'm going to change a career now. I do know I'm that. Stuck. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know exactly what you're saying. In fairness, um, people are going to be making a lot of money in sim racing over the um, over the coming years and decades. So you've always, <laughs> you, Tink, you've always got something to fall back on, mate. Yeah, you know, backup plan. I didn't know. I was always told I needed one of those. Schools. I'm sure your mum and dad are exactly right. Yeah, but your sim racing has been a great story. It's a lovely story. I. Thoroughly enjoy doing it as well, which has been uh, which has been great. I say that I've been fairly frustrating at times that I've not been quick enough, but um, it's a totally different dynamic, and it's uh, it's different because you get all the time to practice, and that's not something that that we get in the real world. On touring car weekends, we have those two forty five minute sessions, and then you're into qualifying, so you never really get a time. You know, it, you never get a chance to find every single millisecond out of every single corner out of every braking zone out of every apex you end up uh, sort of not leaving stuff on the table but in the sim racing world you can do 48 hours of straight testing if you wanted to and literally find the very limit of everything and that's the that's the pace which is not something you get to do in real life so it's a bit it's a bit weird if you know what i mean yes it feels like you're cheating because it feels like well if i just test more I'll be quicker. So, you know, it's a, it's a slightly, I could just start till two o'clock in the morning and do a bit more testing and then I'll be quicker. It's weird. It's, it's a bit of an odd dynamic. Um, it, 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 it's fascinating to watch, to be honest, from, from the outside and how different drivers have dealt with it. I totally get the whole bit about when you get back in the car, you think, I wonder if I've forgotten how to do this. Yeah. And in fairness, <laughs> I haven't done a tin top Tuesday for three weeks, four weeks. And I sat down here at sort of five to eight and I thought, hang on, where is everything? So that's how the, right, okay. you do. You can't. You have to yeah. reacclimatize yourself. Yeah. But uh, what I'm hoping is that within within the sort of the first hour or so, for, you know, or probably for your case, the first ten minutes or so, you're probably back into it like you've never been away. But I'm I'm kind of hoping that that's the case. The first you'll be straight to the right button on the steering wheel. You get the right thing there. You'll get the right thing there, and it'll all flow straight away. But I think mean, that's that's going to be the difficulty because usually when we go into a season, like I say, we have. I don't know, maybe five or six days of testing, maybe more before you get to the first race. Whereas here, we're, we're probably going to be quite limited. I can't imagine we're going to be doing that much before before we get into that first race. I, I was going to say, you're going to get a um, chance to have something, um, some I kind of test. We, yeah, I think we're going to have a few, um, or only for a few at least, but we'll um, we'll see what unfolds really. It's going to be track time because everyone else is going to be in the same boat trying to get on. Uh, you know, we've got the whole of the... UK motorsport scene all wanting to get back on track at the same sort of time and there's only a select few days in the UK that we can go to obviously we can't go uh, we can't go into Europe to start testing so really we're um, yeah we're going to be limited in, in what we can actually get done yeah yeah you're absolutely um, absolutely right but it's the same for, for everyone you know I, I, yep. I guess you're looking on to, to the likes of motorbase thinking oh I wish I could do that because they had a little <laughs> test last week, didn't they? I saw, I saw them at pl- having a play. Yeah, yeah, I thought, oh, I'd love to be doing that. Um, but then it looked rainy and wet and horrible. So I was like, ah, gee, I'm I thought, quite no, pleased that I'm not. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we know exactly what's going what's gonna to come of this year. Every single time we get in the car, it's going to rain. It, because we've had 
such a <laughs> we've had such Do great weather think... up until these last few days that it's all gonna we're gonna get to that first test first test session it's gonna be wet from the first test session oh. right until race three at Brent's oh Bass. thank you ting <laughs> oh that does <laughs> make see me see it coming that does fill me with the greatest of joy and presumably i'm gonna have a problem going into a garage to shelter uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I'll have I to think about that. I'll have con- you're gonna have to get one of them hats with an umbrella. No, right? I was thinking of constructing some kind of cage work around my or, ribs, or you need one of them Zorb balls. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. I saw Pink once crowd surfing one of those. Um, there we go. You could do that. One of the weirdest things I've ever seen. But it would it would be COVID safe. It would be, wouldn't it? I could. Oh, you'd be warm. Do you know there's a lot of sense fantastic. in what you're saying? And it would. You'd always be two meters away from people. And it would add an extra sense of jeopardy when cars come into the pit lane. You have to. Yes. You have to avoid the or big when perspex a, or ball. When there, or when there's a large gust of wind. <laughs> You must have safety car on track, safety car on track, Alan's on the track. <laughs> Old Lager's going down through the crater curves flat out. <laughs> oh, that, oh, dear, this got uh, carried away, that, didn't it? That's a, that's a great idea, Ting. I, I, I love the idea of me going zorb balling. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I think we need to make that a thing. A f- 54-year-old man in a zorb ball. It does, yeah, it doesn't really doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Okay, good idea. Um, we'll see what somebody comes up with. To, is, I'm, I'm sure Traff will come up with something. Um, it's a great idea, keeping us all safe. It's a great idea. Go. Yeah, really good there idea. There we go. Um, do you remember the days of Charlie Cox racing and commentating? Charlie Cox is a legend. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen He's his accident? audible legend. Have you seen his accident from Thruxton? He 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 has one of the biggest shunts I've yeah. ever seen. He made Simon Belcher's look amateur. Yeah, and in fairness, you do you can have big accidents at Thruxton, can't you? It's, um... Normally, if you're on your roof at Thruxton, it's a big one. It's it's not going to be great, is it? No. Have you ever seen Adam Morgan's one? Uh, I'm not sure. I've rewatched it. Should I? No, in a Genetta G50. Uh, no, I don't remember it. I don't remember. It's quite it. a good one. Is it? Okay. Adam's going to hate me for it. Yeah, what? I think it's on YouTube. Yeah, you can't say it's quite a good one. It's 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 quite a big one. Quite a an impressive one. Well, it's quite a good. Well, it's a good one because it it comes out and it catches you by surprise. Oh, okay. Because oh, okay. it's on an outlap. This will be. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Harry, Sorry, Adam. Harry Adams has just sent in. Uh, yes to Alan in a Zorb ball, um, <laughs> and there's a there's a GIF with it, or is it GIF? Oh God, I never know. It's, it's it's definitely GIF. Is it GIF? Is it okay? Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not... GIF is a is a type of cleaning agent, is it not? It is. Yeah, mm. but I always thought that that. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to go down that road. I'm going to, I'm going to go down a Zorbull road that I'm never going to get out of. So I'll, just, I'll finish it there. Um, it, I might buy you one actually. I might buy you one and, and and have it as a gift because you can't turn down a gift. No, you can't turn down a gift. But here's Rude my to question. Turn down a gift. Here's so my question. If I just question. come and bring one, pumped up, ready for you to jump in. How do you get in it? How do? You, so here's the question. Well, I think it's like like backwards giving birth. I think you have to kind of like. I think you have to go in head first. Yeah, but why don't you let the air out? Is there a hole within a hole, so to speak? 
Is there a ball within oh, a ball? Know. Is the, no, is I the, don't think it is. A... Is the air the outer shell, oh, if you like? No, it can't be. No, you see, I don't, I don't we understand need to, how people it works. To, we need some people to take... Somebody must have gone zorballing, zorballing, zor, yeah. balling, whatever they call it. Um, <laughs> Zorbing. Whoever's done it, whoever's done it, text in because we need to... How uh, does it work? Or drop an email in because we need to kind of work out. I mean, at we need my to age, find details. I've got brittle bones, Ting. I've got brittle bones at my age. I have to be careful. Let's have a pint of milk before you go in. You'll be all right. <laughs> what, a, what, what a splendid idea. I'll just become a 54-year-old Lando Norris. What a great idea. Um, uh, absolutely brilliant. Ting, as ever, our time has run out. Um, you're, you know why, don't you? The, the next person on is Addison. Um, and, oh, he's going to be talking for hours. Uh, well, I, I have to give him a hearty amount of time. Um, but he's got something exciting to announce that that's um, that, or, or teasers that's uh, about mm. to happen or soon to happen. I reckon you know what it is. I, I know what know I it. know what it is, and I've already had a sneak peek. It's good, isn't it? It's very good. Yeah, I've I'm a big, big fan. I've it's a very, it's very good, and there's some cool stuff. I've had a little sneak peek as well. And I Ooh. and I'm mentioned in it. Um, in fact, Autoglim Tin Top Tuesday is mentioned in it. Um, and I am mm. described as inimitable. Um, and I had to look. I don't for, know what that means. I had to look it up just to make yeah. sure that it was it was an okay thing to 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 say. I'm I'm quite happy with it. Um, but it sounds it, like a disease your reptile would have. <laughs> <laughs> an inimitable fin. Yeah. 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 Or what? Is, what does it mean? It means um, good or un no so good or unusual. I guess that the, when it refers to me, it's unusual as to be impossible to copy or unique. I get that. Wow. I thought that was kind of what it meant, but I, I, I wasn't absolutely sure. Well, I mean, it's right, isn't it? So I don't know. I I I, I don't know. I just sit here and. <laughs> chat away in my inimitable style so <laughs> um, i always quite like the the synonyms that it gives as well unique distinctive individual special idiosyncratic <laughs> or quirky there you go tick end of the above <laughs> i love that you need that on the end of your business card you need to sign that off with your email signature. <laughs> very good idea um, <laughs> I, I shall take adders to task on this in just a couple of moments but ting as Wonderful. ever thank you ever so much mate thank you for joining no, us no problem at all and, um, no good to speak to you mate are, are you still doing sims they're, they're kind of coming to an end now aren't they we've got the race all stars on saturday and then there's one more after that so i think it's indie this weekend and then Le Mans for the last one. So we've got two more. And then that's it. And then Real racing. you're out doing it properly. Yeah. Exciting. Harry says a Zor ball is a ball where you're inside a ball of air with a gap to get out and looks like they're £650 plus if you're buying Tingram. Oh, that's all right. No, it's not. Maybe we'll get a couple. £650 is ridiculous for a huge <laughs> inflated transparent ball. It'd be afraid. funny, though. <laughs> it would be funny. In I'm going so, yeah. to get one and send it to you. <laughs> so, so, well, I think the Amazon delivery driver would find it entertaining, to be <laughs> honest. He'd just park down the road like he normally does and chuck the parcel like he normally does, and it would just bounce all the way to my front door. I don't, I don't think it comes inflated. It probably comes like a, oh, good point. Like a flat pack thing, well, like I, an Ikea. Well, I ball. hope I don't have to blow in it. That could be very difficult. 
I've got, on that note. <laughs> I've got limited air pressure. Right, Tingram, thank you very, very much indeed. You're a joy, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, mate. Nice one. Thank there, you, buddy. Good go. to speak to you, mate. Love to Laura, love to the family. Cheers. See there you, we mate. go. Love you, mate. Uh, <laughs> Tom Ingram, everybody. Uh, of course, driving the Toyota once again, run by Speedworks in the Championship. Gets underway the first weekend of August. It's all to glimpse into. It always degenerates, doesn't it, when we speak to Tingram? I love it. I absolutely love it.
We've got the Gremlins tonight. The technology Gremlins have certainly hit Autoglim Tintop Tuesday. But we do have him now. Delighted to say that we've got ITV's voice of the BTCC, David Addison. Good evening, Adders. How are we? Uh, we are we are remarkable for our age, Alan. It's, Thank it, you. It, How it, about you? Well, it's very odd not hearing you as landlord of the or landlord in chief of the of the <laughs> Lamond Flag. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the the, the 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 new BTCC podcast that you and Matt James have been uh, officiating over this year. It seemed like a great idea in the winter. <laughs> what we hadn't bargained for was that we weren't going to be allowed to have any customers. No, that's um, difficult, it's isn't it? It's jolly hard running a pub when people aren't allowed in. <laughs> and, and so um, we have an audio genius who has worked his whatnots off to make it sound authentic and has done as proud. And uh, there'll be another one, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. We'll get a, uh, rather than just have uh, random guests, we're going to try and have a theme for the next one, which will be to, to look at sponsorship and talk to sponsors and okay. teams and drivers and look at the commercial side of the championship. Um, we'd, we'd always plan to try and do 12, a little bit like Tin Top Tuesday does after each round. We'd had a similar idea. Um, and so we, we're trying to stay on that. What we didn't want to do was run away with ourselves in lockdown and then not be able to do uh, a representative number when the season gets going. Yeah, so we're, we're, yeah. we're measuring that. And, you know, we, we have to also uh, respect what the brewery wants us to do in all of this <laughs> as well. So. Who is your brewery, just out of interest? Or are you, you an open house? We're an open house. Yeah, we're yeah. an open house. Yeah, as long as there's a good IPA and a good selection of Belgian, and yeah, you're a Belgian beer, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, basically anything that's fizzy for 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 Matt James. We're we're happy. yeah. <laughs> Poor old Matt James. He's been charting every day without going to the pub, hasn't he? What are we on now? We're on day eighty-seven or something. Yeah, but you see, it's given him a purpose because he's never in his born days had to count that high ever, <laughs> and so he's learned just like homeschooling. Matthew has learned new skills. He's learned to count above, I don't know, nineteen or something, whatever his last record was. He's doing a very, very good job of it. He is yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, now, Adders, you you sent me a preview of something. Um, it, it, I was just talking to Ting about it. Um, mm. uh, it, I was listening to Ting. It, were you? Yes, it, I was. I, I had a piece of wood I wanted to watch warp, and it was the perfect accompaniment. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so what you sent me is yes. is very impressive. Explain to everybody what it is. I can't claim it was my idea, but I got um, brought into this because with a, a different hat on, um, I, I'm involved in publishing some of the race day programmes for the, for the BTCC and, and other events. And the idea was that why not do a program like a race day program that you'd buy at the circuit to read during lockdown? And by the time we'd kick the idea around a little bit further and generated a bit of ad revenue to make it happen, we'd obviously gone through a few more weeks um, to the point where it's going to get printed. We'll, we'll press the button tomorrow as it happens, and it should be about a week. Um, we're therefore heading towards the season. So it's going to be a bit of a season guide if you're watching from your sofa, um, hopefully watching ITV4 uh, in the next few rounds, because we still don't really know which um, events we're going to be able to go to en masse or whether no, no, they're no, going no. to be behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so the idea was initially to give fans something to read in lockdown. So it's 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 got some serious bits like team guides and interviews. It's got some silly bits. It's got some... Uh, o- uh, offbeat things like colouring and word searches and all of that. But the idea has morphed from a lockdown something to read to a season guide so that if you're watching it on TV, you've got an entry list, you've got a winner's chart, you've got um, photographs of the drivers, um, all the social media 
details um there's a guy called damien chu who is the designer who's done an excellent job on it and and he has done this double page spread with all the social media details for all the drivers and the teams so you've got no reason to miss out on anything that's going on from from the drivers or team's point of view um that's that's proper social distancing that you can watch from afar <laughs> but on social media um so there's that in there as well and as i say the idea is that it's going to be printed we'll press the button tomorrow we've got one more advert we're still waiting for when that lands we can print uh it should take about a week and um we'll let you know the, the website that you can get it from i think some of the teams are going to promote it dread clothing are going to promote it from their website btcc.net will promote it as well so you'll be able to find out where to buy it it's six pounds including postage so um it's it's free postage effectively uh six quid cover price um matthew elizabeth james has written for it <laughs> i have and one or two others and um there's all sorts of stuff in there and hopefully it will be a good accompaniment uh if you're having to watch it from home over the next few weeks hopefully before you go to a circuit and buy a, a real race day program um during the course of the of the season itself it is it's a it's a great read um in, in fairness it served as a refresher course because I'd forgotten who had gone to which team because it was so long ago that we did the... <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. And actually, do you know, one of the things in doing this, um, credit where credit is due, Simon Maluish, who is the, the Championship's media officer and his team, yes. Simon's been a big supporter. And I emailed Simon. I said, look, can we please have the artwork that you run on the website with all the car cutouts? Because it saves us having to, to do them ourselves. Yep, no problem. So he sent me a file. I've now got that as my screensaver. So as I as the computer goes to sleep, I can look and I can refresh my brain about liveries because like you say, it's been months since I know, we were it's been a long day. time, hasn't it? We've all got Absolutely. used to being at home and mm. um and, mm. and, and, and living a, a, a new life and all of a sudden you think, Oh yeah, he's gone there, hasn't he? Yeah. And oh. the other thing is that that that, that uh, this isn't being critical of the championship, far from it, but in, in so many ways I've been divorced from it because I've I, you talked to um, Tom Ingram about esports. I've done three or four different esports yes, championships. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are in my brain, whereas this has sort of been part. So this, as you say, it's been a good refresher course, getting back involved with the BTCC again. I had to look up the word inimitable, though. Yeah, yeah. like that. Unique, right? So, so, so it was in reference to me, um, mm. and I had to look it up because I thought I kind of knew, but I, I, I just wanted to be sure. So, um, if I just come up with the similar words, can you, <laughs> can you just say tick or cross? Unique. Oh, tick. Tick. Distinctive. Tick. Okay. Individual. Or tick. <sighs> Dread this one. Special. Two ticks. <laughs> Thought you might say that. <laughs> Idiosyncratic. I might have to look that one up. Um, to that... be idiosyncratic, you have to have idiosyncrasies. What are your idiosyncrasies? I don't know. Uh, you see, you don't necessarily have a catchphrase. You don't have a... Oh, um, oh okay. Right, idiosyncrasic <laughs> tick. Yeah. <laughs> Got me. And the final one is quirky. Oh, I would say, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Quirky, yeah, yeah. No, okay. nobody, nobody else can wear footwear like yours and get away with it. <laughs> Ever since 1982, and I've got exactly. away with it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, <laughs> okay, very good. It, it is a fantastic read. Well done, uh, and Thank a great you. idea. And, uh, I mean, one of the slightly dangerous things that companies have done when they're doing things specifically for lockdown is missing the boat of lockdown. 
um, and you haven't done that. So if you can uh, get it out and get it to people within a week, I think it's going to be an absolute lifesaver. Um, well, it, fingers it crossed. Really is. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, the guys that are printing it are are the printer that we use for some of the the race day programs. So, so normally they're used to they turning get, it around really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They get artwork on a Tuesday, and it's at the circuit on the Friday. So you know they're used to a quick turnaround. So um, yeah, we'll we'll post as many links and guides to where you can buy it from as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, it's only a fiver and a bit of postage or six quid all in if you prefer and um it's a good read and um thank you to those like power max and dread and ginsters and tool maniac and cataclean and a few others that have put some sponsorship money into it with through advertising because it's um be very important to, to make the project happen yeah. so follow on all social media channels over the next uh, few few days or thereabouts and we can find out whereabouts we can uh, we can uh, cover price five quid uh, uh, another quid for postage but it, it it's a jolly good read I'm, I'm very impressed I really like it I haven't finished it yet actually there's <laughs> quite a few good articles in there um, and, uh, and and it should be available hopefully fingers crossed by the end of next week maybe something like that yeah yeah, should should be on target for that. Yes, yeah. and we'll, um, as I say, we'll we'll start putting it on social media when it uh, uh, it hits the distribution depot, as oh, it were. Well done. Um, yeah. Final question, Adders. You have been doing a lot of these sim races. I was watching the um, <laughs> the, the uh, twenty four hours of Le Mans at uh, the weekend. Not guilty. Um, and, and no, not, no, I not, know. No, I know you were. But you got mentioned, um, and Ben Constantius mentioned you, uh, who was commentating alongside um, mm. Martin Haven. And he said um, that it it was interesting watching you maybe going into the, the sim racing world, yet to be convinced that it's a good thing, but coming out of it thoroughly convinced. And in fairness, you do. You attack it exactly the same way that you would attack a race meeting. Um, it, it, it proves, if nothing else, Al, that an old dog can be taught a new trick. <laughs> is it that different you, no me, it's not no, actually no because um there are, there are two caveats to, to this and i should explain i've done sro's esports gt championship which is outstanding i've done the european truck racing championship which runs on the same assetto corsa platform uh and then i've done a couple on i racing one is a, a dtm-ish it's called lockdown series <laughs> bit of fun and the other has been this brdc um uh, championship, which Eastport I have championship. been watching. Yeah, I've been yeah, watching uh, which has had the most amazing entry list, given that they're all BRDC members. All That's why I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and you know, Ting's been in it, and Jason Plato, and lots of uh, Adam Morgan, lots of uh, Ash Sutton, lots of other um, touring car related names. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect when I did the very first one at the back end of March, and I did it largely because. Um, why not? And it would give me a purpose to do something for the day. And having then looked at the graphics and the first one we did, this was a, a an SRO GT event. Um, what they did was to mix it up between sim racers and real world drivers all in the same races, two heats and a final effectively. Yeah. Since then they've split them. So the real, real world drivers get a race and the sim drivers get a race. Um, seeing the, the way that the, the, racing has developed and and becoming more familiar with the sim drivers makes it better makes it more um you're more able to relate to it yes um i had a conversation with 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 another um experienced commentator about this the other day and he said well watching sim racers doesn't interest me don't know who they are i said yeah but that's the same as 
every year's intake into the the lowest junior single seater championship. You don't know who they are, yeah, but true. you watch them develop. And I suppose my, my only other um, very very tangential exposure to sim racing was Vallelonga last year when it was the FIA Motorsport Games, and I was doing the GT Touring Car F4 bit, and there was the the um, what was called the Digital Cup taking place in a separate building over there in the paddock. And when you see photographs of all these gamers on a sim, that means absolutely nothing. And that maybe has been a mistake that the sim racing world has done. They've been showing you the sim, the rig, um, and people playing it. And it's interesting, but that's not what you want to watch. And and when you then watch um, a grid of Formula 3 cars or a grid of 40-plus GT cars, and you see the graphics and and the um, Assetto Corsa GT races that we have. We did a race at the Nürburgring the other week with rain. I think it's the only platform that offers you rain. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. and, and, And fading light. It's outstanding. Yes. Now, yeah. if you and I had this conversation 10, 15 years ago, when I was spending most weekends looking out of windows of commentary boxes, I might feel differently. But doing more and more television stuff, yeah, yeah. I'm, wa- I'm watching a screen, yeah. I'm it's watching the same. a screen. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's not a huge amount of difference. <laughs> it is incredibly odd. Uh, and, and, and also, you realise the depth of talent that there is in this world that we in real world racing didn't really know about and i don't mean just the um the 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 racers the sim racers mm. who are in, right. in, incredibly good but also um i was involved in a in a race on the le mans circuit uh not last weekend but the weekend before uh-huh. and and they were all sim racers apart from mike epps mm. mike epps was a, a real world um and dennis yeah. lint as well um mm. but apart from that i was very impressed by the the <laughs> the knowledge and the style of the young commentary team and, and and I was asking the commentators on air, how old are you? And he'd say 21. Hey, blooming heck. I mean, mm. I know you started commentating very young and, and you were in, in, incredibly impressive very young. But Bumptious was the, the word, not there, impressive. There was a whole team of them. And yeah. they, they were sort yeah. of 20, 21, 22 years old and they knew their stuff. They were mm. very impressive, really impressive. It, it, it has been an amazing explosion yes, of yeah. the sim world, inevitably. And you know, more and more people have, have joined the party uh, to the point where some of these European track racing championship events are going to clash with real world racing for me because they've started a bit later. So the last couple of rounds will clash with the BTCC. Um, some are done really well. Some are perhaps not so good. Some are done by a race championship promoter and some are done by a group of mates and anybody can have a go it's amazing isn't it yeah you don't need a real world ability you know real world drivers actually in the sro stuff the gt stuff they they were slightly slower than the sim racers because they didn't have the experience they didn't have the feel through their backsides um and lots of people are putting on these championships because their real world championship isn't happening and yet um, sneak preview here Thursday evening I'm going to Alton Park notionally um, <laughs> because there is a guy called Chaz Draycott who commentates who puts on um, sim racing and he has come up with <laughs> you ready for this <laughs> go on the idea it's called the British Boring Car Championship right? <laughs> okay. because the, the most boring car you could have on iRacing is a Volkswagen Jetta diesel and he's come up with I mean talk about having time on your hands but it's a great great idea all these diesel Jettas with season 2000 Super Touring liveries. 
Oh, wow. So, okay. Rapid Fit Mondeo, you know, yeah, the old cool. Master Fit Voxels. Very nice. Et cetera, et cetera. And um, that they are um, motor racing enthusiasts, not drivers per se, but enthusiasts who take part in the old fashioned way of a sprint race and a feature race with yeah, a pit brilliant. stop. Yeah, wow. Um, and he floated this idea past me and said, um, you know, do, do you fancy coming and having a look? And I said, well, Alton Park's just up the road. Um, yeah. So I'll come, I'll come and do Alton and see what I think. So on Thursday night, I'm, I'm going to get involved in this, which will be yet another um, way of being educated into a completely different world. And Very cool. as you say, dealing with, with a different generation of people and a different generation of the sport. And the serious point in all of this is, apart from the fact that it's given me something to do for the last few months, but you can see the enterprising racing clubs like the BARC or the BRSCC and others getting hold of something like this. Because if people haven't got the money to go and spend a season of real world racing, they might be able to afford a secondhand sim rig and do some racing like that and get people involved in motorsport through sim racing. They may stay in it. They may eventually want to go and do real world racing. Um, But I'm almost embarrassed to say it has opened my eyes a bit late to a whole discipline oh, no. which has been perhaps unfairly maligned by those old farts amongst us that didn't really give it the, the credibility it should have had. For the last 12, 13 years, this has been going on and and, and, mm. and none of us have really um, uh, looked into it. And we're, we're very grateful for the for the opportunity because it has been entertaining. I thoroughly enjoyed the BRDC championship that you were, <laughs> that you were covering. I mean, it, it, absolutely fantastic. You get different levels of graphics on the, on the, uh, on the different um, platforms that people are racing mm. on, but mm. um, uh, just wonderful. It's, it's given us something to cheer for, if you like. So, uh, so I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Really have really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, now, you're known for, I mean, I'm not going to say um, that you have a catchphrase, but you've got a few one-liners. Um, our, ne- our next guest is a blast from the past. We've got Charlie Cox coming on in a couple of minutes. He was known for the old one-liner, wasn't he? Um, he had some fabulous lines. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Didn't he does. The, the, do- the dog on liner. Yeah, that, the mine too. Yeah, mine yeah. too. I, I, shall, I shall put that one to him. Um, what would be your favourite? Because, I mean... Is it is it going to be a, a rodent-based one? What would you say is your own favourite? Rodent-based, I, I, I think. Um, what One that I've come out with? Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Oh, most of mine aren't originals anyway. So it probably would be rodent-based. But but my favourite <laughs> one of all time of anybody anywhere, yes, if you'll indulge on. me for, for 35 more seconds. Yes. In, in <laughs> Australia, there is a fabulous commentator called Wade Oranger, right? And Wade <laughs> is a proper big larrikin Australian, big guy, big voice, big colourful shirts, big personality, never did any homework, but would arrive with um, his mobile phone and whatever text message he just had to wish happy birthday to the third cousin twice removed of one of the drivers. That's what he would announce. But he knew everybody, knew his stuff. He did the V8 Utes and he also did sprint car racing in Australia. And Wade was just outstanding. He could make the green flag lap sound brilliant. And when I used to go out to Bathurst and, and Surfers and Sydney and whatnot and do races out there, and I did occasional V8 Ute races with him, we were at Bathurst one year. There was a guy called Rand- Andrew Fisher who was a very religious driver, and he promoted the, G- I think it was Jesus for Life charity yeah, yeah, or, or, yeah. or, or um, religious institution. Yes. Well, Wade wasn't to be um, giving it his full title. It was always known as the Jesus car. <laughs> And coming down Conrod Strait, if you can picture this, in a V8 Utes race at full cry, 
Andrew Fisher in the Jesus car moves across and defends his position from whoever it was. And Wade, at full pitch, shouts, and I won't bother with the accent, we've all got experience of slamming the door in the face of people trying to sell us religion. Now the boot's on the other foot. <laughs> <laughs> at which point there was a strangled scream from the director and we just carried on as much as we could. Outstanding. That's he must have been very proud of himself when he came up with that one in his mind <laughs> and to get the words out as, as well. Super oh, stuff. Adders, always entertaining. Thank you ever so much. Good luck with the uh, uh, programme with a difference. Thank you, Alan. Um, and, Thank you very much. Uh, and that will be towards the end of next week. So watch all the social media. And, and when you post, we shall repost and retweet and do all that kind of stuff because it's a thoroughly good read and I really enjoyed it. And I, I look forward to the Lamon flag uh, when it opens its doors again. It's it's coming up soon. We've sent you an invite because um, there's a, 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 a non-alcoholic drink on the bar for you. You're so a little we'll, uh, star. We'll let you in. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, Adders. David Addison, everybody. <laughs> ITV's uh, commentator, along with Tim Harvey on the Quick Fit British Touring Car Championship. Uh, a very, very funny chap. <laughs>
I am so chuffed that in this series we've been able to get on a few people that we wouldn't normally get on or to Glimtin Top Tuesday. I've mentioned him quite a lot tonight, uh, Charlie Cox, who, for those of you that don't know, he was commentator on the BBC's coverage of uh, the British Touring Car Championship back in the 90s. He was a racer in the BTCC and various other saloon cars as well. And for the first time ever, well, completely out of the blue, I sent him a text the other day to say, uh, w- would you possibly come on? Yeah, I'll do that. Of course, he's a he's an Australian. He's a really nice guy. And he was happy to come on. I'm delighted to say Charlie Cox is on Auto Glim Tin Top Tuesday. Are you ready to do this? This is Auto Glim Tin Top Tuesday. So the great thing about uh, the lockdown editions of Autoglim Tin Top Tuesday is we can speak to people we haven't spoken to for a very long time. Charlie, how the devil are you? Well, I'm excellent, mate, except, <laughs> as you can hear, I'm full of the joys of spring and summer. I came to England for the weather, the, yeah. the winter weather. I'm allergic to England in summertime. I came here 30 years ago for a year, and <laughs> I, I haven't stopped sneezing since. Go away, son, bring out the rain, and then I'm happy. Oh, you're right. that, I'm, I'm fit as a butcher's dog. You're a hay fever sufferer, are you? I'm mental hay fever sufferer. Are yeah. you? Yeah, me There's too. There's nothing better than snotting inside your helmet on a long way, <laughs> very early on in the piece, wearing a balaclava, then trying to use your tongue to get the snot off the front of the balaclava. It's honestly, my my especially racing at Croft, that's the snottiest circuit of them all. Oh, yeah, Croft is pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. It certainly is, mate, right? I mean, it's a good wheat field to drive into, but um, yeah. it's not good for the hay fever. Have you noticed, uh, let's talk allergies, um, have you noticed that this year hay fever is worse than than uh, for a very long time, I, uh, as long as I can't remember? It certainly it actually is. But I'm sure this is interesting only to you and me. But you know Everybody, why? These silly old fools. You, you, but you know why this is? Somebody explained it to me. It's okay. because um, all the vegetation is flourishing because the pollution is so low this year. Right. So that's we why haven't we're even suffering. Gone on to my, we haven't even gone on to my arthritis and bad joints. <laughs> so, oh, we'll save that up for another episode. Oh, I'm quite you. happy to do that. <laughs> Charlie, it's brilliant to get you on, and thank you ever so much for doing it. Um, my, my text must have come as a bit of a, a bolt out of the blue, to, to, to be completely honest. Um, but just to let people know what, what you did, you were a racer, um, you're Australian, you came over here to the UK, you were racing, saloon racing, um, eventually became a commentator on the BTCC on the BBC's coverage. But l- let's go right back. Where did, the, where did the motor racing thing start? Was, was that over in Australia? Oh, mate, racing started for me <clears throat> sitting in my lounge room at home um, with an old steering wheel I got out of a wrecked car <laughs> watching Bathurst 500, as it was in the day, the Bathurst 500 all day long, uh, especially when they started getting really good in-car stuff, steering away, doing the laps, trying to double shuffle and heel and toe and all the rest of it in the lounge room, um, ruining my mother's lounge chairs. Oh, so, that's yeah, brilliant. That was it. I mean... They, the October long weekend in Australia was you just sat in a room for three days. And as you got older, you sat in a room for three days with mates and boxes of beer. But the principle was the same. You just remembered less. So when did you actually first race then? Oh, in uh, in the 80s in Australia. in uh, Back in the days of Mazda Rotaries and Savannas and RX-3s and all that. And then um, 
and then V8 Holdens and all that sort of <clears throat> really sophisticated machinery. So, so did you meet Alan Gow, um, our, our BTCC Supremo, um, over in Australia or over here in the UK? Well, I didn't use his name <laughs> without facing Mecca or something. I, um, I, I know I met him in the UK. It was a complete coincidence. I, I started out, I, I got to the UK in 1990. And um, I managed to drag together enough sponsorship to, to get racing in 91, 92. And, um, and then I didn't really meet Alan. And I'd gone to a couple of touring car races just as a spectator. And our, our paths crossed because I knew Mike Smith, the late Mike Smith, and, yeah. also, and also Rob Gravitt. So we said good day, as you do. But mm -hmm. uh, in, I really didn't get to know him properly since, until my um, very um, truncated... Uh, excursion into touring cars in 95 so and then uh, we've been best mates ever since firm friends yeah which 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 is lovely you still meet up you, you i mean do, oh, he do, still owes me money you know so <laughs> i've got to, you've got to stay, in, stay in touch with the debt mate, yeah you need it. to do that I, I mean i'm fascinated also by by your um by your business because um racing so is the inland revenue <laughs> well, racing is a is a, is a it has been a hobby for you, albeit yeah. you, you know, as a commentator, commentating on on the BTCC, on the BBC, and then latterly World Superbikes and and MotoGP as well. That's top of your game as far as a, a commentator is concerned. But it was almost a sideline to to your main career. Um, just tell people what your your main job has been. Um. <clears throat> helping, helping in land revenue with it. Investigation. <laughs> no, I mean I've always worked in media. I've always loved motorsports, so they were the two things. And I worked in media in Australia mainly in radio. Got an offer of a job over here, come to come and run LBC actually in yeah. London, eleven million years ago. Um, and I thought, well, that's pretty much what I'm doing in Sydney, but. I really want to race in England because I, I really want to have a go at that. So I managed to do that. And so I've always worked around media and and motor racing has just been um, a wonderful thing to be involved with and, and just about as much fun as you can have with your clothes on. So you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't want to miss it, would you, either doing it or watching it? You see, it's little one-liners like that that, that, um, that we all miss. I mean, for, for, for those that weren't listening to Charlie's commentary um, uh, back in the day. Um, there are plenty of them on, on YouTube and they're well oh, worth yeah. having a listen because you were kind of known for your little one-liners. Now let me ask you the question that I've always wanted to ask you. Did they come off the top of the head or had you worked them out previously? No, I'm a ro rubbish actor. <laughs> Once again, ask the Inland Revenue. Um, no, that, it's just the stupid way I speak. But I mean, a lot, I mean, some of it, my mother was a very amusing person and she had some funny expressions which i hadn't realized uh were part of my vernacular yeah um i mean she used to say stop just stop eating so fast you're going through that like a pig through hot strawberries <laughs> now i never analyzed that that just seemed to me to be something that happened quite fast so when it crept into con I, no one arrested me on it until i was working with murray walker he said a pig through what and anyway, it's the it's the funny way I speak, I guess, with a dreadful accent as well. But also, it's just what you see, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, 
Well, I can't remember who it was. Sliding around the... like a dog on lino was oh, yeah, my favourite. Oh, as much grip as a dog on lino. <laughs> I mean, but you can see that, can't you? They're just word pictures. It's, it's the, a beautiful the great thing simile. about commentary is it's just chucking words at it until it, until it works. I mean, you'd raced, and, and obviously you'd raced in the BTCC for a little while as a privateer entry in a yeah. uh, Mondeo. Um, but then to... to to, to be asked to commentate alongside Murray Walker, what what prepared you for it? What was it like when you first went into the commentary box with, well, with nothing, Murray? Nothing could prepare for. I mean, I was just the luckiest guy since Ringo Starr. I mean, there I was. <laughs> I'd had a I'd had a go at touring cars. We had a big mechanical failure, monster crash. Uh, I couldn't race for a bit, and they needed somebody to fill in. And it was just uh, manner from heaven. Kept my sponsors happy because I was on telly, uh, and. The funny thing was doing the commentary with Murray because he'd say he'd always do it standing up. Yeah. And I'd be sitting down and he'd go, look, I'll touch you, touch you on the shoulder when it's your turn to come in. Because this was all pretty well choreographed because these a lot of these were voiceovers later on. Only half of them were live. Yes. And I said, that's fine, Murray. But he gets so excited. Every time he'd tap me on the shoulder, it was actually a punch in the middle <laughs> of the back. So everything I said was boom. <laughs> It was um, it was extraordinary to watch. It was great fun to work with. He is exactly the bloke that you see um, on TV. He's amazing. Personal guy, love. He? he doesn't change. Yeah, he's just uh, wonderful. He, and I went to a I went to I, of all things a James Toesland retirement benefit from um, from the world of uh, motorcycle yes. racing. And Murray was there, and he was the host. And we had breakfast yeah, wow. the next day, and it was just as though we picked up where we left off. Terrific fellow. Amazing guy, isn't yeah. he? Just amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was lucky enough. I did a job with him last year. Um, that They uh, they basically had a complete refit of the television room at the Royal Automobile Club um, up in London. And they have named it the Murray Walker Television Room. Um, and Murray came along to open it last year. And uh, it's just wonderful. We sat down and did an interview, a podcast with him. And it was uh, it's just a, a joy to chat to him. It really is an amazing, amazing. Yeah, he and I did a couple of motorbike races together because he loved his bikes. Yeah, yeah. And he came up and did some qualifying uh, commentary on the BBC on the Saturday. And this was when the BBC was bringing in the red button. And we started the broadcast. And Sunday, the MotoGP stuff and, and World Superbikes before it had massive audiences. But the red button audiences were tiny. Yeah, yeah. So we started it. And his opening line was, well, great to be with you, Charlie. Now, tell me, is this is this the one that gets one and a half or two million viewers? Or is this the one with the man and the dog listening? <laughs> uh, it's the latter, Murray. Anyway, to qualify. Yeah, thanks, Murray. <laughs> thanks for that. Um, you that you that Murray only did a year, didn't he, in the commentary box with you with BTCC? Yeah, that's right. And then and then you you hooked up with Watty. I mean, yeah, that... well, that's because Murray went off to ITV because they won the rights to F1, and of course Murray, un- understandably, went with F1, and I, uh, uh, Watty, and I inherited each other. Yeah, uh, but but the two of you gelled pretty much from day one. A completely different character to be working with to Murray. Oh yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, Watty's about as funny as an open grave. You know? <laughs> he's uh, he's he's excitingly grumpy, which was brilliant. And um, to this to this day, I, all I remember about him was for some reason he took a set against uh, Tim Harvey's tactics when Tim was still driving, and he always referred to Harvey as "rude boy Tim Harvey" <laughs> because of his driving manners. So 
I don't. I might be a view he still holds, but he was. Yeah, he he was great fun. We had a we had a very good time together. But he uh, and he really did tell it like it was. And 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 the the irony is that Tim Harvey is now the 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 Watty in the ITV commentary uh, yes. package. So uh, fascinating how these things turn around. Yes, I think the irony is delicious. <laughs> now, going into MotoGP, were, were you a a bike person? I mean, to make that switch is is a pretty big switch, isn't it? No, I've always been nuts about bikes. Never raced them. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tried to race dirt bikes, but I got <clears throat> bored trying to climb down the trees I'd fired myself into. I was re- <laughs> As a motocross rider, I, I made a great postman. You know, I was terrible. Um, but, yeah, I've always had bikes. Still got a garage uh, with a few bikes in it. So I, I loved it, watched it. Um, being Australian, of course, I was a McDoan fanatic. Yeah, I love superbikes. Superbikes was enormous in Australia in the day, so it was a great opportunity. The Beeb had lost F1, then they got the rights to World Superbikes, which was to become their um, their sort of flagship motorsport show. So it was a no-brainer to go and do it, um, and you got to go around the world. I remember my dad saying, "So, so you've quit your corporate career, you." <laughs> you fly around the world and watch motorbike races. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and that's a job. And it was good. Great fun. Did you did you quit the other business while you were doing that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I mean, I I still stayed on some company boards and stuff, but I'm a, I'm a sort of a corporate fellow, and I could fit that in around at at sort of director level around doing the bikes but i couldn't do a proper job because i was away for too long and some would argue i never did a proper job anyway but <laughs> well i've always wanted to ask you this question because um when you were running lbc uh, i've listened to lbc pretty much since um since day one it's my favorite radio station it has been for years and years um what was that process like because uh, it was a trailblazer wasn't it lbc Back in the day, yeah, when I got to London, there were only two commercial radio companies, Capital yes. and LBC. Yep. So, and they were t- they had two radio stations each: Capital, Capital Gold, and then LBC had its news talk station and yep. a and a phone in station. So that was it, and it was extraordinary. Uh, the numbers of people listening were amazing, simply because there were so many people in London, and back then. 30 years ago there were so few radio stations so yeah yeah um yeah it was it was really good it was it was losing a lot of money and we managed to make it make money and it took about three years to fix it up but it was a it was a cracking job and it's 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 back at its peak again now Um, yeah you know it's uh it it goes from strength to strength it's fascinating so um uh, so what now for charlie i mean we're in lockdown what is charlie's lockdown life looking like Oh, same hamster wheel. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I moved to um, moved to the country a few years ago to West Sussex and uh, nice. got a family. So um, they're all doing their homeschooling, and I skulk across the yard to the office and sit up here and fester away, writing angry emails and talking to you. It's, um, <laughs> it's so, the, hang it's on, the same Charlie. Was. So, so, so you've got you've got a family which are, which are homeschooling. That means quite a young family. Well, I'm a very young fellow as well, as you well know. As, so, as well I know. Yes, I, ju- I just, yes, the older I get, the faster I was. I, <laughs> I started very young. 
<laughs> no, yes, I have a young family. That's that's very cool. How 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 has lockdown affected your business life? Is everything on Zoom? Is that how you're doing things? Yeah, it is. And and you've you've already experienced today my technological grasp. So <laughs> uh, I spend a lot more time trying to get onto the meetings than actually doing anything with them. Everyone's learnt a new IT skill, haven't they? During the they, lockdown? Re- they really have. It is extraordinary. I mean, the the worst part about all this lockdown, of course, is that. We don't get to watch any racing. I mean, no. Thank goodness for things like this, so you can actually listen to your show and, and enjoy it. No, so my wife has moved her drum kit into my office, and that—that <laughs> that was her snare drum. I can hear the snare. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have a wife that's, that plays the drums. Yeah, that's right. Right. And and ta- has taken up half my office. <laughs> so, is there not a music room that the drum kit should be in? No. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll talk to the builders. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, it, it is always an absolute pleasure to have a chat to you. Thank you so much for joining us here on uh, on Autoglim Tid Top Tuesday. Um, are we going to see you at a BTCC round one day? It was very much the plan. Doing all was the, it? Doing the MotoGP stuff really knocked that on the head for a long time. Um, but yeah, I'm very overdue to do it. I'm still in touch with all the BTCC. I mean, I'm overdue to have lunch with Paul Trafford, Doc Traff. So, oh. uh, we were actually going to meet up at the scene of the crime at Thruxton, funnily enough. Oh, wow. That, that, but, we, we didn't even touch on that. You you mentioned it in passing oh. that you, you had a big accident. Um, I remember watching it in the distance from the, from the podium structure. That was humongous. I only remember the start. Yeah, so, I'm not surprised. It was only the first roll. But, I mean, you think about it... Um, the speed the guys go at in touring cars, the you know the proximity of the racing—it's so close, so tough, so tight. The safety standards are amazing, and they're being improved all the time. So, um, you know, for an idiot like me to get away with that was was a cracker, and um, that was seven rolls or eight rolls or whatever it was. It's on YouTube. But there have been some huge shunts, and and people have have got away with it. So, well, I'm I'm very glad that you did uh, because you went on to commentate and and give us some of the greatest motorsport one-liners i think we'll probably ever hear um and 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 i miss you charlie and it's lovely to have a chat to you uh, here on tin top tuesday and hopefully we'll see you at a, a, a btcc round before too long yeah take it easy mate there we go charlie cox everybody absolute pleasure are you ready to do this this is auto glim tin top tuesday What a show. I've really missed doing this. It's, it's been such fun, such fun. And to finish off with Charlie Cox, uh, and uh, great to have Charlie on. Absolutely fantastic character, really good guy. Um, I, I know Tingram was still listening to the show and uh, he was enjoying Charlie. I'm sure many of you were. If you haven't heard Charlie's commentaries from the uh, from the late, um, uh, late 90s, early noughties, uh, then do so. Plenty of them are on YouTube. And if you want to scare yourself silly, um, then have a little search for his moment at Thruxton in the Ford Mondeo. Absolutely breathtaking, goodness me. So um, we're very lucky to have Charlie still with us after that. And uh, and to have him on the show, it was uh, a real privilege. As indeed it was to have David Addison on the show tonight. Tingram, Tom Ingram, David Bartram and Ask Alan, Alan Gow. Lord Gow of Guy of Gowshire on the... That's a new one. Just come up with that one. 
gets more and more partridge every time we do this, doesn't it? Goodness me. Um, thank you so much for all of your emails and tweets and everything that's been coming in. Just want to catch up with a couple of those emails. Um, thank you very much indeed to Ben Lister for writing in. Um, hi, I've got something to say. Have you seen Spinning Wheels podcast with Jason Plato? It's funny and the best BTCC race I saw was the 2015 final at Brands Hatch. Um, uh, thank you very much. Great to have you listening, Ben. And I haven't heard um, uh, JP's podcast, but I think we might have to work on getting him on the next edition of Altered Limb Tin Top Tuesday in just a few weeks' time. Remiss of me not to ask him on the show tonight. I shall make amends with the next edition. Don't you worry. And Adam Thomas, very helpfully, um, takes care of another Adam question. And that's he sent me the link to Adam Morgan's crash um, uh, at Thruxton. That uh, talked about Thruxton a lot tonight. No, never a bad thing to talk about Thruxton. First circuit I ever commentated at. And uh, it's where I want to rest, ultimately. Pat, the circuit manager, knows what I'm talking about. Um, BTCC Guy 99 um, says, listening to Tin Top Tuesday with legends such as Adders and Tingram. Big fan now. Uh, great show. It is uh, what a legend you are. Love the BTCC. It's great. Love it. Can't wait till it's back on ITV. Um, it's great. Well done, guys. Thank you very much indeed, BTCC guy. Scooby-Doo says, they're going to need a lot of Zorb balls for the pit lane. And uh, is that a video? I'll watch that later. I'll work it out. And Jerry McGuigan says, um, I've said this to you before, but tonight's show has been awesome. And to have Charlie Cox on is tremendous. He made me addicted to the BTCC and he was even better on MotoGP. Yeah, I've got a bit of an inside glow, a bit of an inner glow getting Charlie on. And uh, I don't know why I even questioned that he would uh, come back to me and say, happily come on the show. And he did all his research about the show as well, which was lovely. Um, yeah, real star. As indeed everyone that's been on the show tonight. Thank you, everybody. Um, do you know, I might see if I can get Watty on the next show. That would be fun. Or or even Murray. I'll work on it. We'll, we'll talk commentators. Don't you worry about that. In the meantime, everybody, thank you very much indeed for all of your... Uh, all of your comments, all of your tweets, all of your emails that have come in as the show has gone on. And thank you most of all for listening. The podcast will be up very soon indeed. I'll turn it around. It'll probably be up on btcc.net and on the BTCC official app um, tonight or at the very latest tomorrow morning. Matt will do his level best. Matt Jones, this is, that does all the audio for the BTCC. Uh, we'll probably turn it around tonight. There we go, everybody. Um this is a lovely song. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know, this is Albert Lee. I talked about the music shop in Lewisham. I used to work with his son in that shop. Um, enjoy Albert Lee and the night. I ask you all the love we never show one another all the feelings that we hold back don't let go Tell me where did they go Each of us have friends And we love them So before the music ends Why don't you tell me so That feeling coming can 
as far 